Steph's actually away today. So Sammy's sitting in for the next three hours, um, and then Steph will uh, he'll be back tomorrow. So uh, don't worry. It's uh, it's a very normal 12 to 3 today. And uh, we've got lots coming up between now and 3 o'clock. Like I said to Smithy just before 12. Uh, Going to talk some Formula 1 after 1. Um, Cam Vanden, Vanden Dungeon, I think his name, or Dungan, uh, who hosts uh, Gridwalk on ECN. He's also a Formula 1 motorsport commentator. Talk about the Grand Prix over at Monza in Italy. Uh, Liam Lawson finishing 11th, which uh, also, like I said to Smithy, a remarkable achievement, not just for a young Kiwi driver, but for someone in an Alfa Tauri. Um, nearly getting inside the points in just his second Formula 1 drive. Uh, Max Verstappen, 10 races in a row. Um, he holds the new record for most consecutive races. And how hard that is to do, because it's easy from a sporting context to think about um, teams, you know, like the All Blacks or, or um, you know, the Black Caps or someone winning 10 games in a row. But to do it in a sport like Formula 1, where there is so much margin for error, in terms of you've got other cars around you that can take you out, you've got tight corners, you've got pit stops, you've got so many things outside of your control, um, not to mention the fact that you're going 250-plus kilometres an hour, um, to win 10 races in a row, quite remarkable. Uh, so we'll talk to Cam about that, and, uh, and well, the rest of the season, if there really is much of a season left, now that Max is 145 points ahead. We're going to talk some Premier League with uh, Noel Barkley as well. He is a diehard Manchester United fan. He's a former all-white striker. Um, lots of interesting results over the weekend, but we'll talk to him about Man U this morning as well. I know Ricardo wasn't too happy with the way that game went. 3-1, Arsenal getting up over Man U with some controversial decisions in the final moments. Can't wait to chat some Premier League with him. Uh, but between now and 1 o'clock, and open the phone lines 0800 You can text through as well, double eight double three. The Warriors' uh, regular season is officially over. The NRL regular season is officially over. Eight teams uh, will be having a holiday today, probably out on the golf course as we speak. But for the other eight teams, finals football looms this weekend. The Warriors will take on the Penrith Panthers on Saturday at Bluebet Stadium in Sydney, 6.05 kickoff New Zealand time. But the Warriors Awards, end of season awards are, are tonight here in Auckland and they'll hand out things like their player of the year, most improved, etc. So uh, here, are, here are the awards that I want you to ring in and give me on the phone line. Most improved player of the year, player of the year, rookie of the year, and that is uh, generally someone who is, I think it's, you're eligible for three seasons for rookie of the year, although you're only allowed to play 10 games or something, so maybe we'll just sort of go young player of the year. We'll go young player of the year. Uh, I want your best moment. What was your best moment of the Warriors regular season? Um, your favourite memory, and also the most satisfying win. What was the win that you really enjoyed in 2023. So 0800-150-811. Those are the votes I want you to cast. If you just want to talk some NRL football as well, we could do that with finals just around the corner or any sport. It's always uh, it's always up to you, whatever you want to talk about. 0800-150-811. You can text through as well on double eight double three. That is going to be what we do between now and one o'clock. It is midday match. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est speed of madness!
1811 I already put this out on uh, Twitter and it's got a lot of people um, messaging and retweeting with uh, who they would give their player of the year, most improved player of the year as well as as well as the youngster in their best moment a lot of uh, a lot of people choosing the same best moment and the same most satisfying win and the most satisfying win is quite an interesting one because um, it really sticks it to the particular team slash individual but there's already some texts coming in on uh, on double eight double three brendan says uh, afternoon only four more sleeps can't wait bring on the storm friday and then ab's the next day are you a uh, you must be a broncos fan brendan so broncos storm on friday night which is interesting because usually the premier the minor premiers will play on the friday night the first game of the finals and then they go from there but this time round, they've given the friday night game to Brisbane and Melbourne, probably because Brisbane crowds on a Friday night are quite remarkable, but also I think the Brisbane Lions and the AFL are playing a finals game on the Saturday, and so they're just trying to make sure they, they hit the market at the right time. So the Warriors are going to be playing on the Saturday. So Brendan says, this is what his prediction is, Broncos 1-12, to AB's 1-12, to Panthers 13+, plus, Roosters 1-12, to Knights 13+, plus, all up, 31 bucks. Ripper of a bet. It's not bad, Brendan. It is not bad. Although I, the Storm are one of the teams that I fear the most of the eight in terms of if we had to come up against them. But that's simply because the Warriors have had a really tough time of playing against them. But that's going to be a, a cracking game on the Friday night, the Broncos Storm. Uh, AB's 1-12 to against France. I hear they the France uh, French have picked up a couple of uh, a couple more injuries ahead of the first game. So maybe the 1-12 to for the ABs is quite tasty. Panthers 13+. plus. I'm going to say no comment on that because I feel like I'm going to get in trouble if I give out a prediction for that game. And then Roosters 1-12, to Knights 13+. plus. Uh, yep, definitely the Knights, I think, will absolutely destroy the Raiders. I've said it for a long time that the Raiders were committing ladder fraud and they've been found out somewhat. Um, so I would... And, and, the, and the, the Knights are absolutely flying, flying. That'll be 10 in a row for the Knights if they can win that. And then if the Warriors were to meet them in the prelim... Uh, sorry, in the next week... That would have to be their 11th win on in a row. And I, I, someone made a good point out in the office there. It's like when um, you're at the casino and it's come up red five times in a row. So you put your money on red and it comes up black. I think that might be the case with the Knights. I think they're due a loss at some stage. Um, the Raiders just finishing, just finishing an eighth with a minus 137 points differential, which is remarkable for a top eight side. And the stat that... The Raiders are the only team in NRL history to finish inside the top eight, having not beaten any team at all through the season by 13 or more points. So they won every time they won, it was by less than 13. Um, and their points differential was absolutely atrocious. Thank you for your text, Brendan. Uh, Mark says, hey, Sam, you won't like this, but the Warriors are paying $2.88 to guard in straight sets. That is from Mark. So if we did lose the first week, we would be playing either the Knights or the Raiders. If it's the Raiders, gee, I'm, I'm more than confident that we'd beat the Raiders after beating them twice during the season. Uh, if it is the Knights, uh, I still think we would be the better team and we would have the tools to beat them, but it will be a scary proposition if uh, they do have Caelan Ponga back, who's been playing phenomenal football. Um they have some of the best outside backs in the competition. Uh, Greg Marju and, and Dominic Young, two of the best wingers. Um, anything can happen. Anything can happen. It, what I'm really looking forward to is seeing how what the rest did to um, those boys for this weekend. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Panthers, but I think we'll get a good sense of what the week off has done rest-wise for them. And let's hope Torhu Harris is involved as well because there were concerns that he... Uh, after last week, after not being named, that he may not be ready for finals. As far as I'm aware, he's been training and feeling okay. So 
fingers crossed he is there because he's a massive addition. And another one says, um, fair play to the Warriors for making the top four, but they are riding a wave of bandwagon fans, not true rugby league fans. Wait till the Warriors are back near the bottom and see how many so-called fans are still cheering, quote-unquote, up the wars. Uh I have a view on the uh, on on the whole bandwagon situation. Um, if you're not, if you get annoyed at people jumping on to support a team when they're winning, then I don't think you're a true fan. Why wouldn't you want more people getting in behind the team that you love and packing out Mount Smart Stadium? If you just, if there was, if you weren't allowed to have quote unquote bandwagon fans, the Warriors would have twelve thousand members or thirteen thousand members for 60 years and then they'd die and there'd be no there'd be no fans left like isn't isn't any new fan theoretically a quote-unquote bandwagon isn't that sort of the definition of it there's nothing wrong in my mind with jumping on a team and look I, I agree with you there'll be people that jump off the wagon when the Warriors start doing bad and that's okay they can see you later goodbye off you go but I have no problem with when with when the team's doing well the more people jumping on the merrier because it is what's made this season so amazing for the Warriors. Packed out stadiums, this catch cry that's gone around the country, everyone getting in behind them. That's what's made it so good. And I don't even care if half of them are fake because it's made it such a more enjoyable experience. And, you know, if you are a, a fan that goes back to 95 or, you know, you've been supporting them for 20 years, you you know deep down what it'll mean to you. Like if we win a grand final, you know what it'll mean to you. You don't need to parade that around as if you should have a loyalty badge that says you've been there since 1995. I mean, you know what it means. Like I know what it'll mean to me personally, and I don't need to go around parading it to everyone else. But that's just me. Uh, 0800 though. We want to give out our Warriors Awards. We want uh, the, the player of the year, the most improved, the young player of the year, your best moment, your favorite moment throughout the season. Um, for me, uh, I've got a couple to toss up between. One of them is the Sean Johnson field goal against Canberra at Mount Smart, even though we shouldn't have really let that game go to uh, to uh, Golden Point. The fact that Johnson hit that field goal, was that the atmosphere at the ground as well was insane. So uh, that might be up there for me. And also your, your most satisfying win, maybe the Cronulla comeback. The Eels, the big win against the Eels. I know they were missing a few players, but it was off the back of uh, the loss against the Rabbitohs. We come back and we absolutely... Trounce the Eels. Was that one of your favourite wins? So give us a call. 0800 150 811. There are lots of texts coming through on the uh, on the text machine. So uh, I'll get to those shortly, but we always prioritise the calls. And Scotty's called in from Wellington. Hey, Scotty. Hey, Sammy. How are you? Doing well, my friend. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Um, great, great commentary from you guys on the weekend. I was actually uh, listening to you driving back from Auckland, uh, back to Wellington. Oh. Um, so it was... It was nice. Uh, I was hopeful to be back in Wellington in time to actually watch it and, and listen to you guys at the same time, but uh, didn't quite work that way with the kids, unfortunately. Uh, it's, 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 good, it's, good to know, it's good to know we've got a listener out there, Scotty. I'll tell you what, my voice... <laughs> The, uh, the voice, uh, Smithy said before 12, and I, uh, look, I don't really like people saying, you know, the voice of the Warriors, but uh, very much the losing voice of the Warriors, because I'm not sure I'm going to make it to the grand final if they go that far. The, uh, the throat's feeling a, little, the, feeling a little bit tired after 27 weeks. Uh, half a voice if we're in the grand final works for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scotty, what are, who are you giving your awards to, mate? Um, I was going to say, but because I'm just jumping, I was going to say before that. I think with the the Panthers this weekend, I've always thought, sort of over the last couple of years with them, they're, they're the sort of team that will win nine out of ten comfortably, and and I'm hoping that we can pick them up on that week where they do. You know, it's, mm. it's their slide off week, and and if we all play to our potential, um, you know, then then there's no reason why we can't beat them. 
Um, but I would rather have played them this coming week than, than possibly playing them in week three of the finals at the same time. I, I think the Storm will beat the Broncos. Um, I think they've got that experience there. So, um, you know, I think the Broncos will, will struggle uh, to take down the Storm. So I think if, yeah, if we can meet them at that point, um, we, we've got a good chance this weekend. And um, obviously plus 12 and a half at the TAB, paying $1.92, I think it was, is... is Pretty good for us, yeah. as well. I don't mind that one, Scotty. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I said before, the Storm are the team that I'm the most worried about because Pappy's coming back, or he is back now. Uh, you got Munster, Hughes, Grant. Um, that most of their um, back lines back as well. Justin Ollen back into the centres, and then I, I, I mean, they don't have the best pack. That was always my concern for Melbourne this year is that their pack's pretty weak. But it's Melbourne, right? And it's Craig Bellamy, and I just think I just do not want to meet them. But I think the Broncos will struggle against them this weekend, um, and and I and I like that. Like you, we get Penrith out of the way early so we wouldn't have to face them again until the grand final if that's the way it goes. Um, but, you know, that Eels game the other week where the Eels tipped them up, Scotty, that, that gave me a lot of hope that it can be done uh, if you click and yep. get everything right and you, you play the right game plan and they're just a little bit off, it can be done. And, and also, let's not forget, we have a coach who was very much... Um, in their playbook for the best part of three years. So I bet he has got something up his sleeve to uh, to combat that uh, that Penrith attack. Exactly. And I mean, the, the Tigers did it earlier in the season and so did the Cowboys. Yep. So it, it can be done um, and hopefully we can do it and, um, you know, we get the week off and um, get to rest a few of those players that might need another rest as well. Mm. All right, Scotty, player of the year for you? Um, it's got to be SJ. Um, to, to be honest, and I mean, I, I know um, you know everyone was thinking, well, not everyone, but a lot of people were thinking that it was going to be a tough year for him. And I've got to admit, I was one of those as well. Um, so I'm happy to put my hand up and say that he's he's been brilliant all year, and um, hopefully uh, we'll see him pick up the Dally M. Oh, I hope so too, Scotty. And uh, your who, who's your young player of the year? Um, I think I mean Metcalf had a good year, to be honest. Um, I, I feel very sorry for him at the same time that he's missing out on the finals. I mean, we're lucky that we've got Samari coming in there. Um, but I, I think Metcalf's actually had a pretty decent year for for a guy that only played a few games for the Sharks before that. Mm, yeah, no, I uh, I think he'd be up there for, for sort of rookie of the year. Uh, Tane Tuopik is probably the other one that uh, that I've got in the back of my mind. I think yep. he's been pretty... He's often coming at quite tough times as well, um, you know, just getting yep. thrown in for a game or two. So uh, good stuff. Scotty, uh, just quickly before I let you leave, what was your, uh, what's your favourite moment of the... Of of the regular season, oh, um, or, or game, oh, it would probably be, have to be more than one. It would probably have to be one of Dallin's tries, to be totally honest. I, <laughs> I can't pick which one, sure. um, but you know, he's he's the kind of guy that y- you just don't associate an easy, simple try. He, he just mm. wants to take it to the extreme, and um, you sort of look at one and think, oh, well, that's got to be the best, and then uh, you know, he follows that up with an even better one. So. Um, it would have to be one of his, his tries in the corner, to be honest. Yeah, nice, Scotty. Hey, appreciate your call as always, uh, my friend. Go well. Uh, 0800 if you want to throw in your votes for uh, for our Warriors Awards. We're doing that between now and 1 o'clock. Let's go to Jade down in Hamilton. G'day, Jade. Hey, Sammy. How are you, man? Very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, brother. Hey, I would... Uh, I'm going Adam Fanua Blake. Okay, yep, for Player uh, of the Year. Yep, most improved. Um, did you have most improved? Yeah, yep, most improved. Yep, that's one of them. Yep, I'm going SJ, and that's just based off where he was at last year to 
for what he's done now. So Sean Johnson will be most most improved, but it's the same thing. He could be your player of the year as well. Mm. Um, and uh, young player, oh, I think, um, Mick Carson and Ed, Ed Cossey. Ed Cossey, yep. Ed Cossey, yeah. Like, he didn't do anything wrong. It, it, just the fact that uh, Darlin had come back from his injury and, and, and took back his spot. So um, those, are, those are my picks for that. And then uh, moment of the year would be uh, the comeback against the Sharks, mm-hmm. whatever round that was. And then uh, doubling up and, and beating them again after they sort of uh, felt a little bit aggrieved by what happened that, that first round we, we played them. So those would be my moments. Nice, mate. I love it. Um, it's interesting, Sean, and the most improved player because I think you're spot on. A lot of people are going to have him as the player of the year, but a, but a very good case for him being the most improved, like you said, given what he came from last year and even the year before to this year. Um, maybe that's a more suitable award for SJ. And he's probably going to win the Dally. I hope he wins the Dally M, which would then make it hard to not call him the player of the year. But most improved for sure. And, and Ed Cossey, you're right too. He... Um, you know, it, we probably got a little bit of hangover from him last year where he had a great um, sort of tail end of the season, but started this year very, very well. And you mentioned just unlucky that Dallin came back and took his spot, but then even on the weekend, you know, he sort of d- did his job. It probably just one of those guys that suffered from not having, you know, consistent game time, but um, a very exciting, promising young talent. So uh, love it, Jay. Appreciate it. And uh, enjoy Saturday, mate. What's your prediction? Uh, Warriors, bro. <clears throat> You have to. You just gotta. You know, as the old old saying is, you've got to keep the faith. And yeah. I tell you what. Like on on any day, the Warriors will be any team. It's just you know, we just got to get everything right. If we can get everything right, and the other team just has that that, that slight off day, and, and we're we're in with a chance. We're we're top four for <clears throat> for a reason. Um, you know, they worked hard. They got the results. Uh, albeit we we played. Uh, lesser teams in the last seven games, but you know we still had the win. Mm. Um, so we're in with a chance. You're in with a chance. Everyone's in, in with a chance. Always in with a chance, Jade. I love it, my friend. Uh, go well. Uh, enjoy it down there in the Tron today. Uh, let's get one more call away just before we get to the break. Isaac has called in from Auckland. G'day, Isaac. Hey, Sammy, mate. How's things? Oh, very well. How are you? Yeah, doing well, mate. Doing well. Uh, uh, probably it has to be a stay. Player of the year mm-hmm. this year, I think um, you know a number of players have been amazing, but you know you need guys to ice the points. You need points to win, so um, you know he's probably been the most outstanding player by far for us, and uh, you know he's been clutch for us. He's been amazing. Yeah, I think. Uh... Despite, you know, Adam Fenor Blake having a phenomenal year, Isaac, I think yeah. Sean's the one that um, if you take him out of the team, um, you know, it's hard to see yeah. them getting some of those wins. So uh, I think he lead, led the NRL this year for try assists, uh, led for kick meters as well, um, line break yeah. involvements. He, he sort of had it all just wound back the clock and, and got a couple of tries as well. You know, everyone has always, exactly. liked, has always liked the running Sean Johnson and the, the sort of hot stepping, but he's taken... I think his game to not another level, but he's almost taken it to another direction. You know what I mean? He's he's turned into this guy who um, is much more of a game manager, is much more of a general out yeah. on the field, to use that term. And uh, I, I think he deserves, if he gets that Dally M, he thoroughly deserves it and then would get player of the year. Who, who have you got for uh, for most improved? It'd probably be Chance. Chance to be yeah. I nice. think, you know, from a, from a year of being in reserve grade, mm-hmm. you know, being ousted by the Raiders and to come in and to play the way he has, I think has been, you know, uh, 
I'm not going to say enjoyable on the, <laughs> the fact that the Raiders have just let, let go a really <laughs> great player. Mm. And, and uh, you know, we'll take it. And um, but he's just been phenomenal. I mean, like, uh, uh, not people gave us um, – I know a lot of people didn't, you know, rate him or, you know, as he came over here. But uh, to show the critics exactly what, you know, uh, what he's capable of, um, he's just been so impressive this year, I think. Um, and we really – when he's not playing, we really miss him as well. Not not to say that Tain has been disappointing for us, but um, he's shown a level of class that, you know, we, we really miss him when he's not there. Yeah, mate, ironically, the Raiders need a fullback as well. Um, exactly. You know, and, mate, you could, you could honestly make a case for anyone, you know, really, like Jackson Ford most improved, you know, Chance most improved. Um, you know, the, the, I mean, even Dylan Walker, you know, like from where these guys have come from, like you sort of mentioned with Chance, from where they've come from to what they've done in 2023. I've said this to mates as well. You've got to – people look at the team now and, and we set these high expectations, but you've got to remember where we were a year ago where we were signing Dylan Walker, we were signing Jackson Ford. A lot of people were looking at these signings as sort of, you know, like D- Dylan Walker was an aging prospect at Manly who wasn't really a starter. Jackson Ford couldn't even get a start for the Dragons. We're looking at these guys going, who are they? Now we're looking at them, you know, like their household names and we can't leave them off the team sheet. It's funny, I guess, how quickly our expectations and mindsets shift. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so right, you know, and, and, and even now our, our our conversations around, you know, will, will Warriors go out in straight sets, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sort of of the belief that, you know, we had no idea that they were going to get this far, yeah. so let's just enjoy the ride instead of putting so much pressure on these guys, mm. um, you know, I, I fact, the fact that, you know, where we finished last season, you know, and now we're talking about, oh, will they even make it to the next stage or how long will they stay in the finals, I think is, is, a, is an irrelevant conversation. I think we, as fans, we, we, we do that, you know, naturally, and I get it, but, um, you know, I'm sort of of the belief that, you know, let's enjoy the ride while, you know, it's been a long time since we've been <laughs> in this position. So, yeah. so you know, uh, yeah. Oh, anyway, I, but I'll probably say that you know the rookie player of the year, uh, sorry, Zeri would probably be either either Rocco Berry or Jackson Ford this year. I think mm. both those guys have been outstanding and, and they've developed so fast under under, under Webster. You know, uh, you could probably do a number of players that we've had, but they they those two guys. I think Jackson has sort of slipped in like a glove uh, in their their back row position, and not a lot of. Warrior supporters would have probably even picked him in the starting lineup, but you know, um, I think he's been amazing for us. Mm. I agree, Isaac. And uh, what's your moment of the year, mate, or your, your game? What was your favourite? Uh, it'd probably be the Raiders game uh, where we upset. Yes, <laughs> Derek that's got a, that's got a that's got a, lo- that's got a lot of love on the text machine and on Twitter, which is sort of funny because it's it's like we're just targeting Jared Croker for uh, not getting to yeah. celebrate his three hundred. But it, well, I remember it well, and it was a, it was fantastic to rise to that occasion yeah. in Canberra as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, uh, you know, especially that first half, we were under the pump for, you know, 30 odd minutes. People forget about that. And uh, we just remember the, 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 the outcome of the game. But, you know, to hang in there for a long period of time and then to turn the game around um, was, yeah, very pleasing. Mm, awesome. Isaac, got to run, my friend, but appreciate your call. Uh, go well, enjoy Saturday uh, as well. It's going to be a fantastic game. We'll take a short break. Paul, please stay on the line. We'll get some news out of the way as well. But call through 0800 150 We're giving our Warriors end of season awards between now and 1 o'clock. And in the air he goes. Here, Dallas continues to climb high in 2023. 
Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Twenty-five minutes away from one o'clock. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We are doing our end of year or end of season uh, Warriors awards. Given they have their uh, their awards evening tonight before they head into the finals. So we want your best, uh, your player of the year, your most improved, your young player of the year, and then your best moment, your favourite win of the season. Um, Vaughan, ring us, fella. Ring in. I've seen that text there from Tyson. Uh, and another one just quickly here before we get to Paul from Josh says, uh, hey, Sam, everyone bags Ricky, but he loved Chance and let him come home to his kids. Yes, he had injuries and was dropped, but he would have wanted to keep him. That's from Josh. Look, no, definitely um, take your point, Josh. And yeah, Ricky, I know Ricky had nothing but good things to say about Chance, just the um, the victim of circumstance, really. But um, I do sort of, it is interesting now that um, they do sort of need a fullback and uh, here's Chance over our way playing fantastic football. Paul, sorry to keep you waiting, my good man. How are you? All good, Sammy. Yeah, I'm good, mate. It was um, last Friday. I had the pleasure of meeting Staffy very quickly. I, I quickly ran in and shook his hand while he was on air at the uh, Polaris place here in Waipapa. So nice. good to meet the man. Yeah, yeah good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, just up the last catching on, mate. I, I was at the uh, optometrist last Friday. I walked in and I had my Warriors cap on and I had this up the wires and I turned around with a little, it was a little old lady. She would have been in her 80s and she started laughing. And she goes, oh, my grandson, that's all I ever hear is up the wires. Mate, it's funny how, um, it, it, I mean, obviously it's, uh, it, it's, said out of support but it's funny how it's sort of grown into this cult thing hasn't it like everyone around the country now it's appearing on the news and you know Steve Kerr it's going sort of international and global I know there's videos now of you know the guy at pack and save when he's doing the final call over the loudspeaker saying up the wires it's it's sort of pretty cool that there's this catch cry that's that's sort of universal across New Zealand yeah it is I, I know some of the uh, diehard members that don't like the name wires I know, I know the, the lovely butcher is one of them but Hey, you know, as they say, any news is good news, mate. So I agree. Publicity is good, good publicity. So, um, yeah, I've got a few awards to give out. Um, yeah, I'll just quickly, I do agree with you with Webster having the inside sort of war. I'd much prefer to play Penrith, to be honest. Uh, Melbourne really scare me. Just, just, they're just that team, our bogey team. Mm. But with Webster's inside knowledge of, of Penrith, mate, I, I agree with you. I, I, I yeah, I'm, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a good game. Quite, quietly so. confident, Paul, are you? I'm confident. I was just going to ask if you know who the referee, have they named who the referee is? No, I don't think that. Oh, I don't know if they've named, I don't know if they've named the individual games yet. Um, I'm not sure when they do that, Paul, but I might go have a hunt for you and see if, if that is out there somewhere. But are you concerned for, an, for a particular individual? Oh, yeah, that Ben Cummings scared to Pajibas down there, but I'm kind of <laughs> hoping it's actually climbed. But Ben Cummings, mate, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's got it in for us. I think that guy, mate, <laughs> just quietly. All right, we'll cross our uh, fingers, Paul. We'll cross our fingers. What, who have you got for um, your, your player of the year? Uh, I'm going with Adam, Adam Fenua Blake, mate. You know, yes, he's, and, and he's been doing well, but he, he can only do well, as we know, when uh, when he's getting quick playable mm. uh, and go forward, you know, and same with Dallin out wide. So, you know, you've got to say Adam Fanua Blake. You know, he, he, he'd be, him and Payne Hasser, I reckon, would be the two number one props in the competition, hands down, mate. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's good yeah. that the Dally M's now give out the dual, they'll give out the dual prop award uh, when that comes around. So both Hasser and Adam Fanua Blake 
will get the award, which is good. It would be a shame if it was just one of them and they had to pick. But uh, yeah, I do agree. I think two of them, those yeah. two are the best best yeah. in the comp. So who's your most improved? Uh, most improved? I've gone with Rocco Berry just because he, he had a really horrific injury and he's come back. He's played most of the games this year and he has been on the improve mm. um, with his defence. You can tell he's been working on his defence. and uh, So I've gone with Rocco Berry's uh, most improved. Um, young Topeki, I've gone for the rookie. Yep, nice. Young player. Yeah, and I've, I've just found a couple others in the um, impact player. I've put Dylan Walker. That's what he brings off the bench at impact. Um, and I've got to say, um, haircut would def- definitely have to be DWZ. <laughs> <laughs> of course, mate. It's all natural too. I've got to keep reminding people of that. It's all natural, which makes it even more impressive. They reckon too, yeah, it's like a... Uh, they reckon yeah. Webby, Webby was saying it's sort of like, um, oh, who who is it? Is it Samson in the Bible? Who, when you cut his hair, he loses all his strength. Cut, so, yeah. so they reckon yeah. if you they reckon if you cut DWZ's hair, uh, it might coincide with a drop off and try scored. Let's hope he doesn't do oh, it. <laughs> absolutely, mate. And just a quick one too. Moment of moment of the year. I, I, I've gone with round one against the, the Bulldogs when uh, the first game of the season. Just getting back at that stadium and. Uh, Andrew Webster's first, you know, game fully in charge, and uh, just the atmosphere to see all the members again, and it's such a it was such a good moment that first, very first game at Mount Smart, mate. So that's my moment of, of the year, mate. Yeah, no, absolutely love it. Yeah, because uh, obviously the first game was down in Wellington, wasn't it, against the Knights? So, uh, yeah. so yeah, back at Mount yeah. Smart, oh, I do remember the game well. Yeah, and it was a bit of a grinding game. We only won it, I think, sixteen fourteen. But you're yeah, right, just being back there and the atmosphere all year, Paul's just been uh, remarkable. I think my moment. I was oh. thinking of the Sean Johnson. Um, drop goal against the Raiders, but there's been so many moments almost off the field, like uh, you know, seeing the, the stadium packed out when the, when it was raining and, and cold. You know, on those nights, um, I love how the Warriors, you know, turn off all the lights and the smoke machine comes on and the players run out into the field. I mean, up in our commentary box, the noise is is deafening through the headphones. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just things like that, you know, have been real highlights yeah. for me, even outside yeah. what you're seeing on the field. You know. Absolutely. When you're sitting there, I sit there when the roosters came in, the rabbitos came in, and then the rain's coming sideways, and you know you're sitting there. But yeah, that's what you do for your team, mate. So, uh, hey, uh, if they if they don't if they don't get the big prize this year, mate, this year's been a huge success. Yep. And uh, on, onwards and upwards, uh, upwards for next year, mate. Yep. Love it, Paul. And appreciate your call as yeah. always, mate. Thanks for calling in. Oh eight hundred oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. If you want to call in, just uh, quickly on that point about, um, you know, if 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 it ends not this weekend but next weekend. Um, it's still been a successful Warriors season. Now I'm known for making a big call, and I will happily make another big call. Now I think this is the most. I think this is the best Warriors season in their history. And I know you'll go back to 2011 and 2002 when we made grand finals, but you see, for those grand finals, we were building towards them, and we had plenty of years of of keeping a squad. Um, or, or not keep not plenty of years, but we had a squad that we were building towards a grand final four, and uh, and we had good coaches, you know, that, that were experienced, you know, had been there for a couple of years, also leading those teams. The reason why I think this is the greatest Warriors season ever, regardless of where it finishes now, and it's also why Andrew Webster should win Coach of the Year over Kevy Walters. I absolutely despise that discussion because. Kevy Walters, the, the only argument they've got for that is the fact that he's coaching Brisbane, which is there's so much pressure because it's a you know it's a Queensland team and Brisbane are you know they, the Broncos mean everything to them and it's a cauldron etc. But you know the Broncos have had the best forward pack for the last five years, the best forward pack in the rugby in, in the NRL. Paddy Carrigan, Payne Haas, um, 
you know, Tommy Flegler as an origin prop. They had Offa Hingawe, Tavita Pangai Jr. at one stage. I mean, they have had the best forward pack for a number of years. Then you throw in a origin fullback in Reese Walsh, and I'm not going to, it's not like Kevy Walters turned him into a superstar. He was a superstar already. Um, two origin wingers in Corey Oates and Selwyn Cobbo, arguably the best centre pairing in the NRL in Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farmworth. And then you've got the best kicker in the game in Adam Reynolds. I'm not saying Kevy Walters is a bad coach, but when you look at that, you almost think they should be in the top four and maybe even winning minor premierships. Contrast that with Andrew Webster and the Warriors, and this is my point about why this is the greatest season. Not only is it the first year for Andrew Webster at the Warriors, it's his first year as a head coach. You know, when Todd Payton won the award last year, he had been a head coach for the Warriors for half a season, had a year underneath him at the Cowboys, and this was his third year in charge or in in a head coaching role. This is the first year that Andrew Webster has been a head coach in the NRL, and he's taken a team from 15th position into third, second to last, into what should have really been third place. If not, if we didn't rest all those players, I do think we would have beaten the Dolphins quite quite handsomely, um, but you know, ended up in fourth place. So he's taken them from 15th to fourth. Then you've got the fact that the signings that were made were, were, as I mentioned before, signings that no one thought would turn the club around. Dylan Walker was seen as an aging prospect at the, at the Seagulls who you know came off the bench, wasn't a starter. Jackson Ford couldn't get a run on for the, uh, for the Dragons. Chancellor Klukstar was playing reserve grade for the Raiders. Um, who else can we throw in there? I mean, Maratini Akori is maybe the only one that you'd look at and go, yep, when he got signed, he was sort of a genuine sign. Tamari Martin, I mean, he had only had, you know, basically half a season under his belt at the Broncos. Um, so a lot of question marks um, over the signings and look how well they have done. Um, so you, you package all that together as well as them coming out of COVID and being back home, sell out crowds every single game, riding that momentum, going on win streaks, winning games big, winning games ugly. I think personally... Uh, it is the greatest season that I've witnessed, certainly, uh, in Warriors history. Big call. Happy to put it out there. Joey from Auckland. G'day, mate. Robbie's talking to him. Tell you what, we'll take a break because we need to get a break out of the way. 0800 Lots of texts coming through, which I will try and get to, but uh, calls always take priority. Uh, give us a call. 0800 Back after this. It'll come back to Johnson. It's a slow play the ball. Now Sean Johnson. He's got a chance to win it. Sean Johnson. He's got it. Sean's got it. And the Warriors... <laughs> Are inside the top four. Well, welcome back in uh, to Afternoons with Staffy. No Staffy today. Uh, Sammy filling in. He will be back in the chair tomorrow. Vaughan, he's called in. He's called in. Tyson, g'day, Vaughan. How are you, fella? Good, mate. How are you, Sammy? Oh, I'm doing well, mate. What did you did you want to give us your nominations or you wanted to fire up about something else? No, 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 no. Nomination time. But first of all, um, I just want to shout you and Kimpy out for the awesome work you guys have done this year, you know. Um rugby league in general, but the Warriors don't always get like the most airplay and I'm guessing you sort of went into this with a bit of interpretation of how the season might might play out, but uh it's been a good ride, hasn't it? Oh Vaughan mate, and I do appreciate your kind words and I could I couldn't agree more with you, mate. I, I I've used to work at um Radio Sport before that closed down and, and very much, you know, a, a rugby sort of union station and whenever you talked rugby league you often got ripped apart by the union fans and uh yeah, you sort of whenever you did start talking rugby league you were a little bit nervous that you might just get laughed at and even Doug has texted in here on double eight double three saying uh for for years you, you were sort of afraid to admit that you were a Warriors fan because you'd get laughed at by everyone and, and to all the people that sort of are getting annoyed in union circles that we're sort of constantly comparing rugby league or the NRL to rugby union. My my uh, argument to that is, well, for years, rugby league was the little brother who got, often got laughed at and pushed down. So it's great, Vorno, to finally have uh, have the time in the sun, mate. It's been fantastic. 
Yeah, they're awesome, mate. Awesome. Um, anyway, so my MVP, again, has been said many a time, but it's got to be yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, um, with, a, with, a, with a close second or two, and just by a fingernail, probably had in my top three of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, like I think it's been said, like, you know, Ishtay can't do what he can do without the platform, but I think there's a reason why the Haas get paid the big bucks, eh? So just to have that steady head, that control, and just someone who mentioned before, just to ice those clutch plays, eh? It's been mm. huge. Yeah. Hundred percent, mate. I, I, I like. Um, I do take the point that Eden and and, uh, and yeah, a lot of guys really, but Eden and Toru, these guys have had great years. But I just think, um, yeah, given given what Sean has c- contributed in in the the winning moments, um, I think he just stands uh, just a, just slightly above the the rest this year. What about your uh, most improved? Um, like you said, there's there's many candidates, but I'll probably give Fad and Pompey a bit of a shout out this mm-hmm. year. You know, nice. he's a very uh much my lion player, you know, like you either hate him or you love him, but for someone to play every single minute of every single game in such a successful season, and in and, and, and the position that's, you know, like it's probably not seemed to have the most depth, you know, I think he's been quite outstanding, to be honest, so I'll give uh, Pompey that vote. Nice. And for my moment, I'd probably say that Canberra game. When we spoiled the party for Coca. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I just feel I just feel that was the game that sort of signalled us as a real deal team, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you, Vaughan. I, I do remember back to, uh, fe- oh, well, the, the feeling of winning that game. And I think you're right. I think that was a real marker in the ground uh, going over to Canberra, uh, doing it in such a ma- mammoth occasion. And we're generally pretty bad in milestone games, whether it's our own or somebody else's. Uh, so so to get that one, pretty remarkable. Mate, we've got to shoot. We're going to run into an air break, but, uh, but appreciate the call, my friend. Awesome, Sammy. There you, there you go. Avona calling in there. I've got to take a short break. Lots of texts coming in. I know there's a few callers who want to get on after 1 o'clock, so we might keep the conversation going. Loving it. 0800-150-811. So many good texts on double eight double three around our Warriors Awards, as well as just some thoughts ahead of the NRL Finals this weekend. I'll get through all of them after 1 o'clock, as well as uh, some extra calls, people that weren't able to get through. So uh, we'll keep this going for a little bit longer. After one, we will catch up with Noel Barclay, former all-white striker, talk some English Premier League. Premier League. Um, there used to be the old talk sport ad. Premier, English Premier League live. <clears throat> Terrible rendition. As you can tell, my voice is starting to go, folks. Hopefully it lasts the grand final if you make it that far. Uh, after 2 o'clock, we're going to chat to Louis Brown on some rugby league as well as Formula One uh, with our Formula One commentator and host of Gridwalk Cam Van Den, Van Den Dungan. I'm going to find out how to pronounce it properly, Robbie, or maybe that's a job for you. But news, sport and weather coming up first with Johnny Mack at 1 o'clock. Don't mind a bit of Luke Combs. Bit of country music coming at you from Robbie in the booth and uh, nothing wrong with it. We are going to talk some Premier League football, some Premier League football with Noel Barclay very, very shortly, but I did want to get through some of your texts first. Lots coming in on double eight, double three. Mark says, how good uh, as a Southerner to have your high school as national first 15 champion? So good. Also shot 97 in the weekend. First time under 100. Steph wanted me to update him. Mark, well done, fella. Under 100, I uh, I remember the feeling, and uh, it's it never gets old. And once you start hitting that consistently, uh, consistently, all you start thinking of is under 90, and that's where I'm at at the moment. Not that I'm saying I'm a good golfer, by the way, because I'm still shooting 96, 97 every time. But 
under 90 is the next goal. So good on you, Mark. Well done. Chris says, uh, funnily enough, if we'd had the same season and not made the semis, I'd give Adam Fenor Blake the best player of the year. But for me, it's got to be SJ. Um, that is from Mark. Sean says, Sam, I was watching the Seagulls-Tigers game on Friday just to watch how the players would behave with Belinda Sharp with the whistle. I thought it was better than all the other games. The moaning, uh, check the replay, etc. wasn't there. Do you think if her or Casey Badger will get a playoff game? That's a great point, Sean. I, I didn't... Um, didn't pick up on that when I only watched the first half of the Seagulls game but I didn't uh, pick up on that but um, I don't know if they'd throw one of them a game if if Belinda that was her, I think it was was it was her first NRL game wasn't it? I don't know if they'd throw them straight into NRL finals football without a bit more experience but um, interesting point you make um, Chris says was the moment of the season hearing the best coach in the NBA giving it up the wars <laughs> it might be it might be Chris Damo and uh, Sunny Oamaru Best moment, Warriors come back win against the Sharks. Yeah, that's right. Uh, twin, uh, what were we, 22-6 down at half time, I think. And it was 32-30, was it? Don't know if my memory's quite on there. Uh, young player of the year, Luke Metcalf. Most improved, Wade Egan. Uh, best win, grand final 2023. Love a bit of foreshadowing, Damo. Doug says, afternoon, Sammy. I agree. The more fans we can get, the better. For too many years, if you admitted to being a Warriors fan, you were laughed at. My support was really tested last year. The way that season finished was BS. We had to get rid of the O'Sullivans and his son-in-law. This year has been great. Some awards. Adam Fanor Blake, best player. Rocco, most improved. Torhu, the Iron Man Award. And Dylan, best 14th man. Go the Warriors. Yeah. I, like I said, Doug, you sort of do forget sometimes where you've come from, don't you? Um, last year was a shambles for the club with players leaving left and right. Coach, uh, coach sackings. Um, it just wasn't pretty and it was a very it was tough it was a tough time to be a Warriors fan so I had a lot of people actually saying to me how can you still support them and uh, it's moments like these that you can uh, they can use as your explanation uh, Jeff the ref says uh, hey Sam finals history is against us compared to the other teams who have a lot more finals history results how I always approach sport is anyone is beatable on the day but also anyone can beat you on the day which should be the motivation SJ biggest comeback on the bag on the back of the biggest turnaround by the Warriors from Jeff the ref well that is a point that I made a couple of weeks ago when I came out and said that I don't think I don't see us winning the grand final and I got absolutely ripped apart for that and I, I the main point that I highlighted was just the the finals experience um you know with Penrith that's going to be the hardest thing about this weekend is the fact that they have just been there for the last four years straight. Um, and the Warriors are there for the first time in five years. And I know a lot of our guys have played finals football, but they haven't played it as a team, as, as a Warrior. And so I just, that's my fear is that that experience from Penrith is just going to be too much because I think we've got a good enough team. Most improved, uh, this is our unnamed text, most improved, Wade Egan. He's definitely taken it to another level in 2023. Cameron Smith esque. Don't tell Kempi that. Uh, Kitty says it uh, has to be the Raiders game as the game of the year for me over the Croker's winning over there. Croker's 300th and uh, Ali Lautoa to uh, debut defence won us the game. Love your calls. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Oh, from, oh it is from Kitty, yeah. Um, yeah, Ali Lautoa, what a massive talent. I'm really excited to see him. He only played one game this year. I think he picked up a hamstring injury maybe after that game. Um, phenomenal talent. I'd love to see him and Roger in the centres, although you can't fault uh, Adam Pompey and Rocco Berry, who have gone from strength to strength in 2023. Dez says, favourite moment this year was the first half of the Warriors against the Raiders. Had it all going against them, and then SJ seals it in the last few minutes to spoil Croker's 300th. Yeah, that was a that was a that definitely a fan favourite here on the text machine. Dez, uh, from Steve, Cossie the most improved. Uh, to Opiki, best junior. Sean, the best player from Steve. Um, another one here. Most of the bandwagons are closet fans anyway. It's just easier to come out of the woodwork when your team is going well. 
Um, Ken says, I can't see us beating the Panthers and the Knights are a scary prospect. They are, Ken. They are. But like I said, if they were to win this week, the Knights, then that would be 10 in a row. And to make it 11 is, it's like gambling at the casino. It's been five times red. Do you go for black on the sixth, knowing that it's probably going to flip? That's, yeah. Um, Great effort from Liam Lawson. Pretty remarkable when you think about it. How long is Staffy away for? It's not going to be another week of punishing rugby league chat, is it, lol? Well, he's just away for today, and then uh, and then he's back tomorrow. And uh, funnily enough, um, I didn't just want to talk rugby league today. I actually really want to talk some rugby, but the uh, the three or four people that I tried to get on uh, were all unavailable. So uh, that's just the way it crumbles. The cookie crumbles. That's an Anchorman quote, isn't it? Another one from Dez says, G'day, Sammy. Has there been any thought in moving the grand final to Brisbane? Seems a bit unfair the Broncos had four games outside of Queensland this year. <laughs> Up the worst. Oh, I do like it, Dez. I do like it. Uh, yeah, poor old poor old Brisbane. They, uh, they've they had a big travel travel year in 2023. Uh, another one, first win against the Raiders was the best win. Penalty to win against the Sharks to win was the best moment. Um, and... Mo, is it Moza listening on the road from H-Town, City of Dreams, City of the Future? Hi, Sammy. Love your program around the Warriors. Um, fan forever. Uh, Jackson Ford is my standout. Pierce, uh, you are, you're great. But what happened to Alan Mack? Any thoughts about getting him involved? Um, look, I, I grew up listening to Alan Mack, so uh, I do revere the great man, and uh, he is the GOAT for sure. Um, Alan Mack, you know, he just uh, he had been doing it for a while, and he stood away. And as I understand, he, uh, he, you know, he was happy to leave it leave it there um he was tr- they tried to get him back a few times at radio sport and he said no nah, i've uh, i've done my dash i'm i'm good thanks so yeah like you i'm a big fan of uh, of alan mack but um yeah he, he's just moved on i need some tips from him actually how to keep the voice in check because it's starting to go it's starting to go anyway that was fun um that was a good sort of uh, hour and 15 minutes talking the warriors awards they are tonight i'm uh, gonna head along here in auckland so uh when i get on uh, tomorrow with staff i'll uh, well you probably see it in the media but we'll uh, we'll talk about who actually won the awards so uh, they've got a couple more that they hand out as well so that'll be a lot of fun i'll tell you what we'll do uh we will take a break uh and when we come back we're going to talk some premier league noel barkley former all-white striker and a massive united fan they lost 3-1 to arsenal Commiserations to all United fans out there. Uh, we'll chat with Noel Barkley about it all after the break. 16 minutes after 1 o'clock and it is time to talk some Premier League. Robbie, I thought you were going to play the uh, the Arsenal United highlights, but I think you've done our next guest a big favour here. Noel Barkley, former white striker. He's a massive United fan, Noel. Uh, you should be thanking Robbie in the booth there for not making you relive, relive what happened this morning. Mate, how are you? Um, oh, not too bad. I mean, I, I think... Um I think you know I heard I heard from a lot of Arsenal fans since about six o'clock this morning, <laughs> and uh, they've been dishing it out. Um, but to, to be fair, I went into this game thinking mm, don't really fancy our chances, and then it was a, it was a bit of a strange game. We kept p- passing the ball back to the goalkeeper in the first two mm. minutes, and then of course on a, on a great breakaway, score a, a worldie, and it's like oh. We could win this, and then all of a sudden, a <laughs> hundred seconds later, we go down the other end. And of course, the way the game ended was just crazy. Yeah. Thinking that, we'd, thinking that we'd stolen it, um, and, and we would have stolen it. Um, to you know, Arsenal running out three, three one winners. So yeah, didn't didn't expect more. Um, the positives from a United perspective would be that Hoyland, um, the big guy, came on. He looked he strong, and he looked the business. He's quick. And uh, probably should have started. Martial was pretty soft, um, but I, you know the problem for us is we started the season with Varane and Martinez at the back, and we finished the game today with um, 
Maguire and Johnny Evans. Yeah. So uh, yeah, some problems there for sure. Yeah. And what did you make of the uh, of the um, the offside, mate? Because this is you know we saw it a little bit during the Women's World Cup as well, where you know it's just the marginal inches calls, and often they involve hands or arms, and you, and you're just sort of thinking, well, you know, no one can score with that part of their body anyway. So it at times can be a brutal game, can't it? Well, it, it, I thought it was offside in in real time, but you know when you saw that. The initial pictures, even the, even the commentators said as much, and subsequent photographs that have uh, appeared on Twitter and so on also make it look like it's onside. So, yeah, look, I it, I guess we just have to accept the fact that offside's offside, even if it's minuscule. Yeah. Um, but it's a cracking goal from the edit, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was exciting, and yeah, I was raging um, for a few minutes, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, but yeah. It's, uh, I think that um, Hoyland may have had a penalty as well. In fact, they didn't. They didn't show that. They've seen it again, and they had a bit of a show. Um, but yeah, Anthony Killer never gives you an edit any favors, and uh, <laughs> we live to fight another day. Mm. So where where do sort of United fans or how do they feel at the moment? Noel, like four games in, two wins, two losses. And I know when we spoke to you sort of at the start of the season, there was you know a little bit of I guess confidence that they'd be a little bit higher up on the table. What do you sort of make of the first uh, four games for for United? Oh, we've been terrible, really. I mean, um, you know, the fact that we've got six points, um, which is about the same as what we had last year, is an absolute miracle. Uh, they haven't played well. Um, I mean, the window in the end looked pretty good. But when you're signing the likes of Amra at, at the very end of the window, and he can't, I mean, they should have signed him a month ago if they're going to put him on loan, which means we would have been able to use him. Um, so, yeah, look, very average start. Um, different style of football because of the way the goalkeeper. Um, was keeping possession, you know, he was up around the, almost in the centre circle at some times. Um, so there's going to be some calamity there with him. There's no doubt about it. There's just eventually somebody's going to nick one and, and he'll look stupid. I, I quite like the way he plays. Uh, and the problem for, for United is that we probably don't have the fullbacks who are capable enough to sort of receive the ball under pressure. Um, so, yeah, look, yeah, it's, it's not great. Um, but I think um, if he gets Shaw back fit again, Amrabat in the team, obviously Mount um, can add something to it. The big boy Hoyland. Uh, so the, you know, there's sort of five or six players that come in, um, and the national, the national, the international break couldn't come quick enough for me. Mm. Another team that's uh, really surprised me is, has been Newcastle. Now I know when we spoke to you at the beginning, you, you sort of had them as maybe a top four side, maybe just outside, but they're sitting in 14th at the moment, just the one win. And then against Brighton on the weekend, it was 3-0 until a, uh, until a stoppage time consolation goal from, from Newcastle. What, what's going on with them this year? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit strange. I mean, they've, they've spent some money. Um, I mean, the, the big talk for them throughout the season was that they needed a left back. And clearly, Burns has actually cost them badly in, in the first three games, and especially against Liverpool at home. Um, so, yeah, no, they, they, they've definitely brought attacking intent, um, but they've been pretty average. I mean, Brighton also sort of, you know, they obviously they sort of got you know back back on the groove. They had a bad loss to West Ham at home, and we didn't really know what was going on there. They have sold some of their better players, but they look good against Newcastle. Newcastle looked sort of you know, very one pace and um, yeah, all of a sudden they don't look like top four at all. I mean, really, Newcastle and Chelsea um, probably in unexpected positions and um, mm. sort of a pass mark for me at this point is obviously Postacoglu um, with um, Ange Ball uh, with Spurs and, and obviously Liverpool. They look like they're sort of uh, the, the ones that have come in have made them better. So, but the rest, you know, is sort of pretty much the same and 
it would be a great league without Man City, let's face it. Yeah, well, the 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 thing that surprised me the most about Tottenham Noel is probably just the is the goals they're scoring. You know, well the amount of goals they're scoring. So five two over Burnley uh, yesterday, and because obviously the talk around Harry Kane leaving was where where are the goals going to come from? You know, you say goodbye to your, your most prolific goal scorer in club history. Where where do those goals come from? Not a problem for Ange and his men. Yeah, and there's a couple of things that have happened in the last week for Spurs. Obviously, he he got a bit of stick for losing at Fulham in the League Cup on a on a shootout. So, with Carlison, who really wants to get scoring goals, he scored. And he made some comments to say that he didn't play well and he kept giving the ball away. So, of course, he didn't play uh, yesterday, which was a bit strange. They also went one down, and you sort of think, okay, maybe the bubble's burst. And then, of course, they kick back and they and Song gets a hat trick and they get an amazing. Brazil. Um, and I just read from the comments that Son has been saying he just had this dramatic effect on the players, um, but, but as a human being, just not football. Mm. So he's definitely got some magic about him. And he's been able to do in the first four games what um, Mourinho and Conte and you know, some big names that are really going to be able to do in the early days, um, but really good signs. And he may get the Madison, Madison looks like he's a different player. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they look good. Yeah. Um, Everton. I want to talk about Everton because I've got a couple of mates who are big Everton fans, Noel, and they're very, very... I mean, if they weren't depressed enough not last year, they're certainly depressed this year. Um, they finally got a point. It was a draw against Sheffield United, who uh, now they just sit uh, 17th and 18th, respectively. But Everton well and truly in the relegation zone, and given that they've had those struggles over the last couple of years, it, it, it probably surprises me the most, Noel, because they're such a, a, I guess, a, a big story club. They're, they're not a major club like a, you know, like a United or a Liverpool, but they've always been in the Premier League and they've always been competitive. But here they are down the bottom. Uh, would you, should you be scared if you're an Everton fan? Um, look, you know, nobody wants to be down there at this point of the season. But from what I've seen from them, they're actually better than what they where the league position puts them. They had a very unfortunate goal um, coming off the back of Pitford on the weekend. The very first game of the season, can't remember who they played. They were at home uh, and they absolutely battered the other team. Should have won, didn't. Um, so yeah, they, they they're better than what they're showing, um, and um, they they did get a hiding, I think, at Newcastle. But I, I think they'll be fine. Um, he's got young James Carr, a Chanel player, playing. He's spent some money in the transfer window. I think the biggest challenge that that club has is the challenges with their ownership. You know, the the FA have, have knocked back a couple of suitors already because they weren't you know of suitable standards. So uh, yeah, some major issues behind the scenes there. But I I think they're fine. I mean, they, you know, there's no surprise to see the three um, promoted teams, uh, three of the bottom four, in, mm. in my mind, and um, looking scary from them already. Yeah. Um, Champions League, Noel starts in three weeks' time. Um, most of the uh, most of those English clubs in action uh, on the first or second day of it. Um, how much do you think that's going to, I guess, mix up the Premier League with uh, with those teams having to sort of back up midweek and, uh, and play a couple of games per week? Well, right now it's going to put a lot of. It's going to be difficult for um, certainly Newcastle with their form and Man United with with the number of injuries that they've got. Um, I mean, Man City obviously had a, had a dream draw. It won't affect them in the slightest. The more games, the better for them. Allen obviously looks like a beast already, just unstoppable on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Newcastle, of course, they got the group from hell, didn't they? You know, PSG, Dortmund. And Milan, yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean they, they look they look like the bottom. I think the I mean I think the players love the National League or the the Champions League, and um, you, you know it's about having big squads and a bit of depth so that you can coast through the easy games and, and save players for the weekend. 
Um, they have a lot of games coming up, so it, it, it will be a test, um, particularly those that have injuries and, and small squads. But I think the big clubs um, will rally for that. I mean, it's, that's where the money is. That's where the glory is. Just finally, before we let you go, Noel, um, who's been the most surprising to you? Maybe maybe from not in terms of um, the top teams, but maybe uh, some of the lesser teams that are maybe sitting higher than you thought they would be. Who, who's really stuck out for you just through the first four games? Well, probably Brighton. Um, I think we all expected Brighton to um, um, really struggle. You know, they'll, you know, Lefkiel again, a big top player. Um, absolutely, you know, they're nine points, one point below the sort of top four. Um, they've been good. Crystal Palace also. I mean, they, I know they only won three two today, but they're three 0 up and um, coasting. They've looked quite good. Even you know, you know, obviously they've lost um, the high and. Uh, yeah, and I guess the other one, probably Nottingham Forest, good to see that they've got two wins out of, out of four and probably should have beaten Man United and would have had nine, nine points. Um, so they're three and disappointed that Villa really looked like they were going to sort of kick in and, and um, really, really trouble the top four. I and mean, then they got absolutely murdered with, with Liverpool this morning and um, certainly they're the disappointing ones. But yeah, Brighton, Brighton Palace and... Uh, and you may you can't ignore West Ham, of course. Um, you know, sitting sitting in number four, sitting in that Champions League spot. Um, Brighton here, twelve goals so far this season, which is the most of any team, including City, uh, despite the fact that they won, uh, they scored five goals over the weekend. No, I really appreciate you joining us as always, uh, my friend. Once again, commiserations to you. you can take the afternoon off to uh, to recover, get back on your feet. <laughs> Thanks very much, Sam. There you go. Noel Barkley, the former white striker. Big United fan as well, uh, for people who are wondering. So, uh, yeah, look, Brighton, um, well, they surprised last year as well. Didn't they finish in fifth or sixth last year, Brighton? And so here they are in sixth position again after a couple of games. And early days, very early days. I do love um, scheming on the Premier League when it's this early on. Uh, you remember this time last year, Arsenal were well out in front. Um, they're sitting in fifth at the moment, Arsenal. Uh, but a couple of undefeated teams, United, Tottenham, Liverpool, West Ham, Arsenal, who make up the top five, all of them undefeated. Um, it's just Tottenham, Liverpool, West Ham and Arsenal all have a draw, and that's why they're two points behind City. Uh, the other team that's undefeated at the moment is uh, Brentford. Uh, they picked up three draws and a win, so they're just not able to get the uh, the... W, the three points, but they're getting them in, in singles, so they're on six points, but they are undefeated um, there. So, uh, yeah, early days, but uh, and plenty to come. Uh, just a quick text in that's coming on double eight double three from Pete following our conversation the last hour. Winning streaks will eventually come to an end a la Newcastle at the moment, but how many games in a row did the Tigers win when they took out the Premiership in 2005? Was it 13? Best Warriors game in 2023, both Sharks games, especially the one at Mount Smart which was a shellacking, Pete. Yeah, I take your point about the uh, the Tigers. And, and it's something that um, Kempi and I actually talked about um, a couple of more, maybe a month and a half ago when we were talking about teams going on a run and how often premiership favourites or premiership winners come from teams that have gone on a big win streak. Um, so Newcastle are right in the middle of it. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it keeps going. Maybe it does keep uh, keep pushing on. They have to have Caelan Ponga back, I think. I know they won on the weekend without him, but I think they have to have him back if they want to go deep. They'll beat the Raiders. They'll, they'll, I think they'll comfortably beat the Raiders. I've said for a long time the Raiders are committing ladder fraud. Um, they're you know negative 130-odd points in the ladder, but they're somehow in the top eight. And they also uh, are the only team in NRL history to make the top eight without beating a team 13-plus during the regular season. I just don't see them having a shot at all. And how surprising is it that the Rabbitohs didn't make the playoffs, and and the Cowboys as well, probably, but the but the Rabbitohs in particular, who uh, I had as a genuine top four and a, and a contender alongside the Roosters, because they've kept that team together 
you know, for the best part of two or three years with Jason Demetrio. Yep, they lost Latrell for a big part of the season. But man, I think I was also read they're the only club in NRL history to be leading after, was it round 11 they were leading, um, to then not make the, the, the NRL top eight. They're the only club ever to do it, which, yeah, there was massive. And there was one point, maybe around round 18 or 19, when even when you looked at the live odds, uh, particularly with sports bet over in Australia, the Rabbitohs were sitting in seventh or eighth, and they were the third favourites behind Penrith, Brisbane, and then it went Souths, um, even ahead of the Warriors, who at that point were on a bit of a streak and uh, and well inside the top four. So, yeah, a lot of people probably lost a lot of money on that one. Uh, we'll take a break for new sport, uh, new sport and weather. Uh, when we come back, we'll have a little bit of a TAB update, and, uh, and before 2 o'clock, we'll find out from Robinho what is making news. Gee, this is... I feel like I want to do some Zumba. This is the official music. Did you uh, uh, Did you create that yourself? Yeah. Nice. Thank you. This is uh, Robbie's official US Open. Well, it was it was, it was originally the uh, Robinia's Wimbledon rap. Yes. Um, that That's when it was created. Uh, and then, um, yeah, St- Steph came up with the conspiracy that you seem to take time off around the tennis majors. Because <laughs> the US Open started. I love a, I love a on, conspiracy. On Monday, mm-hmm. I think. Or Tuesday, it was actually. Last week, yeah. Last week, Tuesday. Yeah. And you were off. And so we, we started the um, yeah US Open overview. I absolutely love it. Well, I do need you to tell me what's going on because I haven't actually kept a track of it. Uh, where are we up to? What What is part, part, part right. stage of the tournament are so we So in the, in the main uh, men's and women's singles, we are in the round of 16. Mm-hmm. And we are at the stage where today, four round of 16 matches happened in yep. both the men's and the women's. Gotcha. Four happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Then it's the quarterfinals, etc. Um, so, so yeah, basically the the Americans, the Americans are dominating the men's side of the draw. Um, Francis Tiafo just won his round of sixteen r- round of sixteen match against uh, Rinki Hijikata um, of Australia in straight sets. Ben Shelton is uh, another American, young American, looking very promising. He beat. A fellow American, Tommy Paul, mm-hmm. in the round of 16. That went to four sets. Uh, Taylor Fritz is having a very good tournament. He's the ninth seed, and he beat um, Dominic Stricker of Switzerland in the round of 16 in straight sets as well. Stricker beat Sitsipas in five sets the round before, so okay. that, that was a big upset. But Taylor Fritz, um, yeah, put, uh, put, him, put him to bed pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And Novak Djokovic... Currently in action in the fourth and final round of 16 on the men's side of the draw, uh, taking on Borna Goho of Croatia. 6 2, 7 5, 5 3, currently 30 all. I so uh, that'll definitely, oh, well, yeah. Can, I, can only assume Djokovic, uh, if he wins two points, he could he could have this over by the time I'm finished doing this Wimbledon uh, US Open overview. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, women's side of the draw, round of 16 matches today. Coco Goff, Caroline Wozniacki, what a match. Went to three sets. Coco Goff got the job done. So Wozniacki's return, unfortunately, comes to an end here. Um, Romanian, Sorana uh, Kirstea, I think, um, is she, she, she is on the charge. Um, she, she took down uh, Bencic this morning the, mm-hmm. from Switzerland in straight sets. She was actually the one who uh, she upset Elena Rabikina, the fourth seed uh, over the weekend in the third round. So, yeah, big, 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 um, big performance from her. 
It's going real well. Uh, Machova took down Wang in three sets, and Igas Fiontek is about to get underway in the fourth of final round of 16 match uh, on Arthur S Stadium against uh, Ostapenko of Latvia. Did you just say Igas' name again? Igas Fiontek. Is that like, because uh, I've heard so many different ways yeah, of pronouncing it. Yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, um, I've heard Schwartek, Fiontek. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. I've heard I've heard Sfiontek more Sfiontek okay well you, you do watch a lot more tennis than me so I'll trust you trust you uh, four minutes before that one gets underway so it must be about 1.40 New Zealand time uh, so who Alcaraz still in there yep Alcaraz still in there uh, so he's he's on the other side of the draw uh, round of 16 getting underway tomorrow he's taking on uh, Matteo Arnaldi of Italy mm-hmm. he's uh, so yeah he's, he's going pretty well um, so that's one round of 16 match uh, uh, Jack Draper uh, up against Andre Rublev. That'll be a good match. Um, now the the ma- the match of of the round of sixteen, in my opinion, uh, Alexander Zverev against Yannick Sinner. That'll be uh, scheduled for about quarter past twelve tomorrow New Zealand time. But obviously those are highly dependent on when other games finish. True. Uh, and Daniel Medvedev against the Australian Alex Demonor. That'll be a very interesting game. I, I suspect Medvedev will be too good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Demonor's looking good, and he's the, he's the 13th seed, so we'll see, we'll see if he challenges him. I would love to see... Controversial. Mm. Would love your take on it. But I'd love to see... what like Is there a reason the women don't play five sets at majors? I'm sure there is a reason, but yeah, I'd love I'm, to see them I'm, play I'm five sets. I'm not going to answer without I'd, getting in trouble. I'd love to see them play five sets. Um, just on the TAB website, you can be live on your TAB, on your uh, favourite sports, download the TAB app or jump on the website. Uh, Novak Djokovic is the favourite still in the men's market over Carlos Alcaraz. He's at $1.80, Carlos at two sixty. Is that? Do you think that's fair? Um, or do you think there's a bit of value in Alcaraz there? I think there's value in Alcaraz. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Um, Djokovic... I, from memory, I don't think anyone's really challenged Alcaraz at this tournament. It's probably because they did play um, a week or two ago at the Cincinnati Open, right. and the final was Alcaraz versus Djokovic, that's and Djokovic right. got it done that's in three right. sets, yeah, like did. three tie breaks. That was a that was a big game. So that's probably what it's mainly down to. Mm-hmm. But in terms of this tournament, um, Djokovic got put under an, a lot of pressure. Um, he played on Saturday in his uh, third round match against uh, fellow fellow Slovakian Laszlo Jere, and uh, Jere won the first two sets. And then Djokovic got home six one six one six three in the third, fourth, and fifth. So what? yeah, yeah. But um, other than that, I don't really remember if if Alcaraz has been challenged. Nothing, well, nothing sticks out to me. What about um, Iga Schwantek? Um, Two dollars seventy five to win the women's. Yeah, not bad. Um, um, the, the closest is uh, Sabalenka at four thirty three. Okay. Then Coco Goff at five dollars. Oh, there's Sondra so there's value seven. in Ons Jabir then I'd say Ons Jabir is at fourteen. I don't mind that at wow, all. Wow, okay. I don't mind that Here we go, from Robinho. Throw that and show me the money. Um, all right, just while I'm on the TAB website, I'll jump on a couple of other odd updates for you. Uh, MPC this week got North Harbour Otago on Wednesday. Uh, North Harbour favourites here, $1.27, Otago 370 uh, Friday, Waikato v Wellington. That's an easy win for Waikato. I don't know why they're underdogs at $3. Uh, $1.40 for Wellington. Easy win for the Mulus. Uh, and the World Cup odds, right? Uh, France, New Zealand... Uh, quite close, quite close. Still New Zealand favourites at a dollar eighty-two. France at two dollars oh five. Funny, isn't it, that the New Zealand are favourites in this game, but France still favourites overall. Are oh, they joint favourites, aren't they? Overall, but there you go. France at two dollars oh five. Are France joint favourites now for the overall? Can well, you, they 
they were. I don't know. I haven't checked. I'll, I'll check it. I'll check it now, and I'll tell you. But all oh, right. I thought I, I thought um, New, Ze- New Zealand got into I think three fifty in France for four dollars. Oh, maybe yeah. I haven't checked it recently, right. so you might be right. I'll, I'll have a look. Um, Italy, Namibia. That's Italy's like a dollar oh one. Ireland, Romania. Ireland's a dollar zero zero one. Um, easy win for Australia. Georgia. Is uh, that and- an easy win though? Well, it's at a dollar oh one. Well, I'm I'm very I'm very confused by no. the fact that it's at a dollar oh one. No, no, I think Aussie will win that one, but it's Wales and Fiji that they'll that'll a dollar oh one though. Like they they they're favourites and they should win, obviously. Yeah. But the fact that people are even considering Georgia could upset them makes me think a dollar oh one really. Well, yeah, a dollar oh one versus thirteen bucks. The thirteen bucks. I'd like that to be a little bit higher. England, Argentina. England, $1.77. Argentina, $2.05. That's interesting. I think Argentina could easily get that one. Here's one for you, Robbie. If you didn't like the $1.01 with Australia, Georgia, you'll love the $1.02 Japan, Chile. Yeah, well... Probably South, right. a- South Africa dollar uh, seventeen. Scotland four eighty. Some people think that that could be a bogey for South Africa. Scotland at four dollars eighty. If you if you're so interested in Wales, Fiji, Wales a dollar fifty two. Fiji backtrack back a second. Two dollars fifty. Were England favourites over Argentina? Yeah, dollar seventy seven. That yeah. surprises me Argent- too. Yeah, it's really not too, I mean, me it's too. thirty cents. But you, but yeah, I, I think Argentina. Yeah, yeah, I guess there's not much in it. Dollar uh, seventeen South Africa, four dollars eighty. Um, Scotland four eighty for Scotland. Some people will jump on that, and even Fiji at two fifty against Wales at a dollar fifty two. In fact, I'm just going to check out the point start yeah, in don't that mind one. That actually, well, yeah. Five and a half. It's not too. It's not too big. Right, let's go to the outright so I can quickly tell you that one. Uh, World Cup, rugby World Cup. Um, outright's futures. Is it going to tell me? Uh, outright winners are uh, three fifty New Zealand, four dollars France. There you go. So yep, they stayed there. Very, yeah, quite quite surprised. Um, it stayed there after because that's what it was. I remember before uh, before we played South Africa, no change. I think um, South Africa were eight dollars. Came yeah. into six. Okay, yeah. Are they right. six at the moment? Uh, I just clicked off it. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I'll tell you the NRL odds quickly as well. Brisbane are favourites over Melbourne at dollar sixty to two dollars twenty eight. They've got a four and a half point start. Uh, Penrith over New Ze- over the New Zealand Warriors dollar uh, twenty one to Penrith four dollars twenty five to the Warriors twelve and a half point start there. It's not bad. I think they can keep it relatively close to the wires. Uh, Cronulla over uh, as Kimby would say Sydney City. Uh, Cronulla dollar eighty seven Sydney. The Roosters at a dollar ninety, so that one not you can't split them at all. Only uh, half a point in it, and uh, Newcastle Raiders got Newcastle at a dollar twenty three, and Canberra at three dollars ninety five. So outside of Penrith being a dollar twenty one favourites against the Warriors, the Newcastle Knights are the next best at a dollar twenty three, eleven and a half point start in that one. Uh, so those are some NRL odds up here. There you go. These nice little odds update for you. Uh, you can visit the TRB website or download the app. And just quickly, Chris is texting saying, uh, what Rugby World Cup games are you calling, Sammy? I just brought up the schedule for you, uh, Chris. Certainly not any that you would, um, you know, probably circle on your calendar. But I've got a couple of good ones that I'm looking forward to. Uh, so I've got the Australia-Georgia game, funnily enough, uh, Sunday morning at 4 a.m. Wake up early if you're keen on that. Uh, Wales-Fiji, which I'm really looking forward to on Monday. Um, that's Monday morning at 7 a.m. Wales, Fiji, uh, in Bordeaux. Um, so I'm, uh, that'll be. I think that's going to be a great game. Then Australia, Fiji, the following Monday, which I think will also be a great game. Australia, Portugal. Uh, you've got to wake up, wake up at 4:45 for that one if you're keen. Uh, England, Samoa, 4:45 uh, on the 8th of October. 
Uh, that you know, some might, might might give them a scare, and then Japan Argentina, which I also think I also think would be a good game on the Monday 9th of October. Uh, I do have the uh, winner of Pool C and the runner up Pool D. That's one of the quarterfinals, and I have the winner of Pool D and the runner up of Pool C as the other quarterfinal, and then I have the um, the bronze medal match as well. So whoever loses the two semifinals, you're on with Steve um, Devine against Georgia. I think he I'm, mentioned he's on the Aussie games. Yeah, yeah, I'm on all. Uh, all my games are with Steve Devine. All of Ooh. them are with Steve. I think they're keeping us sort of as a as a. All of them are. So Steve's always on with me. Right. Um, Christian Carl, I think, is always on with McCarty. Um, and we've got Sumo doing some games as well. That'll be fun. Hey, we'll take a break because uh, when we come back, Robbie, uh, I'm sitting and ready and waiting and cannot. I'm fizzed for uh, what's making news. We'll do that after the break. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, story. and I need all of you. To stop, stop what, what you're, you're doing, doing and, and listen. listen. What's making news around the world? Tell us, Romania. Let's find out soon. Uh, now, I told Steph on Friday. Um, well, actually, f- firstly, in case anyone was wondering, uh, Novak Djokovic did get the job done uh, before I finished my uh, US Open overview. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah, he, he's through the next round. I'd, I'd, so, I told Steph on Friday about a 4.8 pound wheel of Spanish cheese auctioned for more than 32,000. Auctioned? Auctioned. What kind of cheese was it? Uh, good question. Don't know that story. Uh, do you like cheese? Sir? I love cheese Ooh. so much. See, Steph, I don't know if he said he loves cheese. He says he's a, he said he was a, like a cheese person. I'm not yeah. at all. You don't Hate like it. cheese at all? Yeah. Wow. Basically call it. myself lactose intolerant because I just like will not. You just don't want to eat it? Yeah. Blue cheese? No. Don't like blue cheese. No. Um, it's an acquired so, taste. Here we go. It's another record mm-hmm. to do with cheese. A city in Mexico broke a Guinness World Record by preparing a ball of pulled quesillo cheese that weighed in at 1,230 pounds. Wow, that's about 600 kgs. It's a big ball of cheese. So they just put that together for a record, or are they going to actually use it somehow? Well, toppings for a pizza. Yeah, well, it said uh, the finished cheese ball measured more than three feet in diameter and uh, served to attendees at the Vida Mayor soccer field. So it was it was used. Yeah, I would have I would have gone along. I would have gone along and just had a slice. Good event. Yep. Yep. Why not? Nice. Uh, New Zealand kayaker. New Zealand story. Fishing a few miles off the coast of Waiho Bay. Oh, uh, I think I saw this. Is it the shark? But west of the easternmost point of the country. Yeah. Um, Great for um, bluefin and marlin yeah, yeah. at Waiho Bay. Uh, saw a commotion in the water. Initially thought it was some tuna. Um, and actually discovered it was a seal being chased through the water by a shark. I think it was a great white too, wasn't it? Uh, it appeared to be a young great white. Um, experts apparently also reviewed the footage to say uh, it might have been a Marco. Marco shark. Well, even worse, because they're the fastest shark in the world. Yeah, no thanks. Um, you know I hate sharks, and I sold my fishing kayak for pretty much this exact story, Robbie. Right. Because I fear that one day that would happen to me. Yeah, no, fair enough. So, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, ocean, no, for me. Yeah, no chance. Um, but now yeah, I feel the, justified. Yeah, the seal, the seal was uh, getting, chased by, getting chased by a shark and kind of used the kayak as like a way of hiding. Hmm. And then the shark was ramming his kayak while he was in the water. And yeah, no thanks. Uh, we'll Had cl- to stop the we'll video. Cl- yeah, we'll quickly move along. Um, to a space telescope recently uh, captured a stunning new image 
of what scientists call a pair of actively forming stars. It's basically um, just this huge photo yeah. that's like so many different galaxies. It's quite yeah. crazy to look yeah. at. Um, was it from the James Webb? Yep, it was. Yep. And uh, But some people picked up on a very small detail at the bottom of the frame, an orange formation and the unmistakable shape of a question mark, tail and all. Oh, I think I did see that actually. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very it's very interesting, um, and yeah, it went 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 everywhere on on X, formerly Twitter, uh, and Reddit as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, one user wrote, "The aliens know we found them, and now they're just messing with us." It's a great point. It's a but great yeah, point. Appa- apparently, it's uh, it's likely some galaxies coming together, but yeah, maybe around a black hole or something. Yeah, that's a uh, less interesting solution, I would say. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say it's alien. Yep. Right, couple of couple of facts. Um, according to the Guinness World Records, got to always bring them in. Uh, a snowflake fell in Montana, which measured 38 centimeters wide and 20 centimeters deep, back in 1887. Wow, that's a decent. That's like a size of a ruler. But more, yeah. Quite deep too, actually. Okay. Yeah. That's. Basically that, uh, and I do have something else. Not sure quite who works this one out, but apparently there's enough graphite in a regular pencil to draw a line for 35 miles or 56 kilometres. I do want to know who figured that out. Yeah, from here to here to Pukekohe is like 50 kilometres. Wow! Just for reference, someone did figure that out. That and must credit have to taken them, them long and time. credit to them because it's a fantastic fact, Robbie. Good addition. Good addition. Actually, put the pressure on me because obviously back tomorrow uh, in that year, and uh, you've got to follow that. I'll I'll try and come up with a cheese-based record for staff. Um, There you go. That's what's making news. After 2 o'clock, we're going to talk some Formula 1, and we're going to talk to Louis Brown as well. We've got to take a break, um, and I want to read out this uh, text message that's coming after that. Just a text that's coming on 8833. By the way, Staffy's back tomorrow. He's just away for today. Um, Sam, although I don't disagree with you on your thoughts around Coach of the Year, no way to Brisbane have the best forward pack. Penrith have Leota, Fisher-Harris, Liam Martin, Isaiah Yo, Mitch Kenny, Kickow from previous seasons, and Spencer Lenu. Well, look, Penrith do have a phenomenal pack, but I still think, and, and probably was thinking more like that sort of two or three years ago, there was a point where they had David Fafita as well. Literally had Fafita, Haas, Carrigan, off at Hingawe, Tavita Pangai Jr. It was unbelievable. But they still have one of the best. I mean, Payne Haas is the best prop in the game. Paddy Kerrigan is arguably going to pick up lock of the year. Tommy Fliegler's an origin prop. Um, yeah, I would put them almost on par with uh, with Penrith's pack. My point in all of that is just that Brisbane have a phenomenal team and have had a, f- a pretty good team the last couple of years. Anyway, new sport and weather coming up at 2. We're going to talk some Formula 1 after 2 o'clock. Sammy sitting in the chair for you uh, through until three before we hand over to the run home. Uh, what's coming up between now and three? They're going to very shortly chat some Formula One. Um, Cam uh, Van Den Dungan's going to join us. He's the host of uh, Gridwalk out of ECN and he's a motorsport slash Formula One commentator. We're also going to chat to Louis Brown, our favourite former warrior and former Penrith Panther. He's going to he's got a win win situation this weekend. Doesn't matter doesn't matter who gets the result. Um, Louis Brown's going to be a happy man. Uh, we will go across the ditch as well and catch up with Jimmy Smith over in Sydney. We might revisit Show Me the Money if I'm feeling, um, I don't know, if, I, if my mood picks up between now and then, Robbie, but apparently it's not good news. But we've got to talk some Formula One because we had uh, the Italian uh, Grand Prix uh, this morning in Monza and uh, Liam Lawson, our new favourite Kiwi motorsport driver. Um, although Scott Dixon did pick up, uh, pick up a third in the Indy car, um, we, uh, we're loving seeing Liam Lawson in a Formula One car and joining us now to talk 
about the Grand Prix and everything Formula One is Cam Vanden Dungan. He is, like I said, the host of the Grid Walk on ECN and a Motorsport Formula One commentator. G'day, Cam. Welcome in. Yeah, thank you very much. And the future for Kiwi Motorsport is definitely Liam Lawson. He's been coming for a while and now he's able to show his talent. And what a great race from him overnight, even though he was disappointed with the result. Yeah, well, uh, just outside the points, and I know in Formula 1 that's sort of the big marker for, for young drivers, getting inside the points, and his teammate uh, Yuki Sonoda not even uh, re- making a starting line. So, uh, look, I guess the question that everyone wants to know, Cam, is how long is this going to last for Liam? Because obviously Daniel Ricciardo will come back at some stage, but uh, is there a chance that they stick with Liam Lawson? And if not, is, is, the, is there maybe a future in 2024? That's a very good question, and I think there's a big contract writing on the answer on that one. Mm. Last night on our show, Gridwalk, uh, myself and Carl Reinler, who co-hosts that show with me, he's the Formula One medical car driver. Um, I, I probably upset quite a few Australian fans, and I reckon I made a few Kiwi fans <laughs> off the back of a big statement when I said, I believe, and I still honestly believe this, that Liam Lawson actually deserved that drive over Daniel Ricciardo. And the reason I believe that is Liam Lawson has come up on the journey with Oscar Piastri, a young, rapid Australian driver who's showing great things, um, taking it up to Lando Norris. Now, Oscar Piastri, um, he's shown his his talent. Liam Lawson is now finally, just by pure luck and unfortunate for Daniel Ricciardo, but he's taken it with both hands. Now, to give you an idea of where he's at, he finished 11th last night, one slot out of the points. That is the best result that car he is in. Remember, it was driven by um, Nick DeVries at the start of the year, two races with Daniel Ricciardo, and the best result it's had has been at the hands of the Kiwi driver in his first full race weekend. Mm. One spot out of the points and incredible talent. Now, the reality is I have a feeling Daniel Ricciardo may be delayed in his way back to the grid right now, and the better Liam Lawson goes, the longer that delay may become. Helmut Marco, who's the head of Red Bull Racing's talent development program, the, the Red Bull Junior Driver Program, uh, I think he'll say, no, no, Daniel, you just require another week, just another another event. So we've seen in the news this morning that he won't be at Singapore, which means Liam Lawson goes to Singapore. I'll be luckily enough over there commentating uh, for the event. Uh, and even Japan is at risk for Daniel Ricciardo. So we may well see Liam Lawson in two more races, and that's the opportunity he has to state his claim or stake his claim for a full game, a full grid drive next year. And what about like um, the AlphaTauri um, car? You just mentioned that's the best uh, finish that car's had under Liam Lawson. Is it even more impressive what he's been able to do in a car like that? I, I always wonder. I'm, I'm only sort of a, a, a what you'd call a plastic Formula One fan cam. I watch Drive to Survive and absolutely love it. But uh, if, is it one of those scenarios where if maybe he was in a better car, he'd be he'd also be doing a lot better? Yeah, of course, he'd be going a lot better in a better car. I guess you, you um, race him against his teammates. And, and Yuki Tsunoda, we didn't get to see them in race trim. The power unit failed on the formation lap for Yuki Tsunoda. He wasn't able to get out there. But we look at the practice sessions. Liam Lawson was quicker than him uh, in one of the practice sessions. I think it was free, uh, free practice two. Um, but he was half a second away in the earlier session. Sorry, he, he was half a second away from Yuki Tsunoda. And by the time they got to qualifying, he got to just under two-tenths the gap between himself and Yuki Snowder in that qualifying trim was right alongside him. So this is a first full race weekend for a young driver. He's never gone full race distance in a Formula One car, and it is a massive physical exercise to be able to do that, particularly at the Temple of Speed, which is Monza. Very, very fast corners there, some heavy braking into the chicanes. So it, was, it would have been physically punishing for the young man. Um, 
we'll, we'll, we'll probably get a better read on him at Singapore, a different track, probably a lot more in line with Monaco, tighter, twistier, not those high-speed corners, and we'll get an idea of where the Alpha Tower is. It performed quite well at Monza, so relatively slippery, relatively fast in a straight line. Um, so we'll get a better read at Singapore, completely different track. And if he does get a chance at Japan, well, that's, a, that's an iconic track as well. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. I'm kind of stepping around the answer for you because we don't really know how big the gains are with Alpha Terry. We've had three drivers through that car so far this year. So they will be getting better. Mm. The car's looking good. Just how good Liam is, well, the more races, the more we find out. So I'm probably going to be um, sort of unrealistic here in my patriotism, but how happy are Red Bull with Sergio Perez? <laughs> you know, you see where <laughs> so I'm angling Sergio, it here, Cam? <laughs> I, know, I know exactly where you're angling it. And right now, Daniel Ricciardo wants that seat. Liam Lawson wants that seat. Yuki Tsunoda wants that seat. And Sergio Perez has a contract and a drive at the moment. He, he, the, the closer he can get to Max, and the happier Max is, he's going to be okay and safe. Um, the reality is, when does the future come? They've put all their eggs in the Max Verstappen basket. They're winning the World Drivers' Championship. They've just broken the record for most consecutive wins. Ten in a row for Max Verstappen. The next best was nine in a row by Sebastian Vettel back in 2013. So an incredible run. As a team, they're really looking at those results. They're getting them with their main driver. They like Team Harmony. They don't want to jeopardise that. Mm. Having said that, what comes next? This is where I think Liam Lawson uh, has a really good opportunity to get a shot at that seat moving forward, but he may have to do his apprenticeship in um, Alpha Tauri. So that's the big question right now. They'll be discussing it. Um, uh, Christian Horner, Helmut Marco, what do we do next? Sergio Perez, yeah, his form hasn't been there, but you've got to look at his team as a whole and brand as a whole. Liam Lawson, though, does have age on his side. And he also has an aggressive attitude when he drives that I thought would translate well to Formula One. And it looks like it, it, it is already paying some dividends now. Again, I don't want to go the early crow, though, because he's had one full race weekend and he didn't score points, even though he was 11th. It was, it was a very good drive, but still, we still need to see more. Mm. It's a really interesting sort of dynamic um with Red Bull Cam because I know in the past Christian Horner's put a bit of pressure on Chico to like even though he's finishing you know second or third he's getting podiums while Max is, is basically winning everything he's sort of put a pr- bit of pressure on him to be a little bit more competitive but surely you know as a team as long as you're getting the win it doesn't matter who's getting it um, y- you must be sort of pretty happy so in that regard Chico almost is the perfect teammate because he doesn't really challenge Max. Well you look at Valtteri Bottas when he was there with uh, yeah. Lewis Hamilton you look at um uh, Rubens Barrichello with Michael Schumacher. You need your second, uh, your second driver. Mark Webber with Sebastian Vettel. As much as it broke Australians' hearts that the focus went on to Sebastian Vettel, this is what teams do. This is what elite drivers have. They want a harmonious, good teammate that will play rear gunner and is happy to take the win when it presents itself. So if Perez can continue to do that, provide support and not cause any distraction or disruption... He's relatively safe, and it will will come down to how happy Max is as well. Um, Interesting, though, that the team from Mercedes has started firing barbs across at Max Verstappen, saying, well, you've only beaten Sergio Perez. You know, Lewis Hamilton, he made a big statement uh, that, you know, I had much tougher um, teammates to race again, and so your numbers are a bit false compared to me because I had to to race against uh, 
much stronger, better qualified teammates. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that little uh, little niggle between Mercedes <laughs> and Red Bull at the moment. Yeah, well, hopefully that'll make the next season of Drive to Survive. Um, Cam, put it, put it into context for us, that uh, that 10 race win streak, because I sort of talked at the top of the show, natural for sports fans to compare it to, you know, teams that can win 10 games in a row, but completely different different beast, not only in motorsport, but in Formula One, isn't it? You think about what we've seen, the generations, the eras of drivers from Fangio to Senna, you know, the Senna Prost battles. We had our Schumacher era, as I said, our Lewis Hamilton era, Sebastian Vettel era, all the way through that. No one's been able to get to 10 consecutive wins. So think about that for a minute, that in the entire history of Formula One, no one has achieved better than nine consecutively until Max Verstappen came along. I think that is just incredible in terms of any uh, sporting code. That's like, I guess, winning three World Cups in a row. Mm. You know, just can't do it. I mean, you know, the All Blacks have staked neck fame so many times over the journey and been such an incredible team, but even they can't, can't win two, three careful, World Cam, Cups back careful. to back. And that's, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> hey, look. My heart gets broken when we talk rugby, so I'm not <laughs> going to get too much into that right now. But, uh, but certainly staying in motorsport terms, think about the eras we've gone through, and yet Max Verstappen, first one to get to that perfect 10 in a row. Mm. Well, we've got, what, eight, is it eight Grand Prix left? Eight or nine Grand Prix left? Um, yeah, so we've got 22 in the season, so uh, still plenty of racing to go. We've got a week off, and then we, we head off to Singapore. I actually fly out uh, Wednesday week to go and call that race, which will be a bit of fun. We'll be doing our grid walk from... Well, near the paddock, we've got digital rights we've got to, uh, we've got to play into, but um, I'm looking forward to it. One of the best Grand Prix of the year. Yeah, no, awesome. We'll, we'll definitely have to catch up with you while you're over there. So when, when can Max, when's it sort of all wrapped up? It sort of feels like it's inevitable, but uh, is, is that yeah. on the horizon? If he gets, you know, two more wins or whatever, then it's all wrapped up and he can't be, can't be caught? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, at Japan, which is two more races time. He could mathematically do it then. Um, it gets harder and harder. I mean, we're going to very different tracks now. Um, Singapore is a, is a very difficult track. You'll hear a lot of the drivers say that when they start their pre-season training, they're actually preparing for Singapore. It is the longest race we have of the year. We go closest for time certain. The temperatures they deal with, the heat, the constant turning of the car, the amount of gear changes, it is the most gruelling Grand Prix of the year. So for Max to do it there and make it 11 in a row, I think will be a very big ask for him. Ferrari's gone pretty well at Singapore over the journey, so we'll be watching how they go. Some of the other cars coming to the fore. McLaren, I think, will be very good in Singapore, so watch for Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri. Um, But he can wrap it up by Japan, which is two more races time, and that would just be unheard of in the sport. But, you know, it sort of makes me um, ask the question, again, being an Australian, it's hard to say this, But you look at it and go, that decision Red Bull made to focus on Max when he was young and wild and we all wondered why there wasn't more effort on Daniel Ricciardo, Mm. it's starting to make sense for all of us now. When you look back, you go, this kid came in, he was a teenager when he started in Formula One, and now we're seeing someone that they're starting to use terms like one of the best ever. And he's he's on his on his way to another world championship, which he'll wrap up. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Well, uh, all the focus for us, of course, will be on uh, Liam Lawson. That's what's keeping it all interesting for us at the moment. Cam, I uh, really do appreciate you you jumping on the show, my friend. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely catch up with you up in Singapore. That'll be fantastic. Enjoy it. 
Thank you very much. And, uh, hey, go the Kiwis in Formula 1. See yeah. how it goes in Singapore. Yeah, that's the one. Thank you, Cam. Uh, Van Den Duncan there, host of Grid Walk, uh, which is a fantastic ECN uh, show all about Formula 1. And uh, he's a great motorsport commentator. So we'll catch him up in Singapore. That'll be awesome. Uh, right, we're going to take a break. Our regular catch-up with Louis Brown on a Monday. Former Warrior and Panther will get his... Uh, his eye over that Dolphins game on the weekend as well as what's to come with finals football just around the corner this weekend. He'll join us right up after the break. 21 minutes after two here on Afternoons with Staffy. No Staffy today. He's having a day off, so uh, Sammy's sitting in the chair. And I've just seen news come through on NRL.com. Sebastian Chris, five-game ban for that tackle on Katoa in the Sharks game. So he'll miss the uh, the playoff game against the uh, the Knights. Uh, not that I think that's really going to help the Raiders' chances uh, anyway. But, uh, look, my favourite time of the week uh, is chatting to Louis Brown on a Monday, um, our favourite former warrior. We've got him on the line now. G'day, Louis. Hey, mate, how are you? Mate, I'm doing very well. Now, um, you're in a great position, aren't you? Because on Saturday, uh, whether it's the Panthers or the Warriors, you'll be, uh, you'll be a happy man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think it will depend what the traffic's like traveling out there to see it, actually, mate. So, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, oh, mate, I'll be, I'll be, I think it's going to be, um, I think, to be honest, I think it's the game of the round, um, personally. Um, you know, like, you know, over here, um, a lot of people are like, oh, starting to get the old, oh, like the Panthers are unbeatable, mm. et cetera, out there. Um, but, you know, we've, we've got some inside knowledge. You know, obviously Webby, um, been in that system for a long time, knows what it takes. Um, and just like, you know, like losing Luai, it's, it's a big it's a big um, loss for them. But obviously Jack Cogger is really, really lifted for them. Um, it's a huge, like I'm not going to shy away from it. It's a huge task at hand for the boys. But, um you know, you know, going up against a, a team that's come off back-to-back premierships, back-to-back minor pre, uh, minor premiers, um, playing round one out um, their first week at finals at home with a nearly full-strength side. It's going to be a tough team, but you know, we 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 get back um, our, our core basis of of, of our troops, um, and and we go out there fresh with. Um, those boys back on, on deck, you know, and I'm looking forward to it. Mm. I, I I know it's going to sound sort of silly given that it's, you know, a finals game and it's not quite do or die, but I genuinely think it's the biggest game for them this season, Louis, because, and, and I'm going to put a bit more on Sean Johnson. I think it's the biggest game maybe of his career outside of that grand final because if they do get the win on Saturday, not only is that a great result against, you know, the best team in the competition, it then pushes them to the other side of the draw. We wouldn't have to face them before the grand final. But I think more importantly, it, it shows people that we are the real deal, you know, because there's been those, I guess, those question marks over the last couple of weeks or months uh, with some of these results that have been really tough wins. Uh, we've had some sort of injury niggles and, and Webby's had to rest these guys to give them a little bit of, bit of a break. So I think the importance of, of getting the win um, on what that would do for the confidence, not just of the fans, but the players as well. Yeah, I, I think um, you did right there, mate. I think, like, you know, with Sean... Um, He's been around for so long, and you know, I bumped into Joey Johns and uh, Billy Slater yesterday, actually, and um, just at my local cafe, and we're having a good chat about it. Um, and just speaking to Sean, he just seems relaxed. Um, you know, what, what a lot of people could understand is he's played in big games before, and at the moment, he's in, he's in the real purple patch. Um, as you get into the back end of your career, um, you know, your you, things start to slow down a bit for you in terms of the game. Mm. Um, you know, obviously he's found a different way to, um, you know, bring his energy into the game, bring an impact into the game. And, you know, I, I think this weekend, um, like you said, it, it is the biggest game of his career. 
Um, you know, that everyone's going to be looking forward, like looking t- t- towards him to see what he can bring. But I think, I think the way that we, we need to go about this this week is, is, is through the middle. I think that's yeah. the, the, you know, the, 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 something that the Cowboys didn't do, especially on the weekend is throw a punch. They, they came out, um, they hung in there, but then they just got pulled apart really, really, really easily. Um, they weren't aggressive. They weren't up front. Um, but you know, we've, we've probably got the, I, I, I probably think probably the scariest man, um, in the NRL and that's Adam Fanor Blake. Yeah. I, I know that I know I've played against players. I've played on a, on different teams against Adam where people were actually intimidated by him. His late footwork, uh, his way to get quick play the balls, um, you know, and I think, you know, the juicy, um, the, you know, the juicy, um, uh, um, combination of him versus James Fisher Harris. I, I think that's the head of the snake right there. You know, a lot of people are talking about the, the, the Sean Johnson, Nathan Cleary rivalry um, in this game, but I, I really think it comes up front and it's going to come from the two, the, the two war veterans and, and Adam Fanor Blake and, and, and James Fisher Harris and whoever wins that battle, I think, you know, is going to win the battle of the game. You know, Bunty's playing great footy match, Mitch Barnett, um, Jackson Ford, you know, players like that, um, and then we, you know, we, we talk about the Isaiah Yos who's been so dominant over the, the last few years and added, really added that, um, you know, that, that different, that different aspect to a lock, um, that ball playing lock. And, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is, um, we've got our own and, and Tohu Harris, who's, who's been in big, big games, probably, he's probably played more big games than anyone in the Warriors side. So we've just got good, uh, just a good, uh, ball playing lock as we do as in, uh, in Tahu as we do in uh, Isaiah. Um, so, and then obviously Dylan Walker as well, come off the bench, you know, back, back to his role this week where he'll come off, off, um, in 14 and, and bring that energy, you know, and, and I think that's going to be really, really important that we come out striking first, but then our second wave of impact players, you know, Dylan Walker, et cetera, um, come on and, and, and that second punch as well. Mate, you are getting me so fizzed. I'm like five days away. I don't know how I'm going <laughs> to, I don't know how I'm going to last. Louis, that's, uh, <laughs> you're painting a great picture, mate. It's definitely given me a lot of confidence. Um, I do want to uh, touch on the, uh, the Warriors awards tonight, get a few picks from you, but just before we do, uh, some of the other finals this weekend, Broncos storm, uh, on Friday night, that is going to be an absolute cracker. The, the, the storm have had the, uh, the better of the Broncos over the last couple of years. And, uh, they seem to be sort of firing at the right time. Pappy's come back in, and then you look at Munster, yep. Hughes, Grant. Like it's a it's a potent uh, combination for Melbourne. So uh, it's not it's not going to be a walk in the park for for Brisbane. No, nah, not a walk in the park. I think to be honest with you, um, toss of the coin. Um, mm. Like you know, like this is a very very young Broncos side, and you know, finals finals games are a lot different. Um, you, you're coming up against a, a spine of um, you know Munster, Hughes. Uh, Harry Grant, you got Pappenhausen there, who I think I think will probably come off the bench. I don't know if he's got the legs underneath him to go 80 minutes at the kind of energy and the the impact. Uh, so you'll probably see um, um, that young fellow, short uh, Meany at Mick, the back. Mania, yep. um, Nick Meany at the back there. So I think, um, you know, that spine, um, you know, the five of them, um, when they get that rotation right, that's hard to beat. Um, and you know the Broncos are still injury cloud over the Reynolds. They're keeping that pretty quiet. Patrick Carrigan's obviously got his his foot injury. Um, and then you know there's there's a lot of you know I, I don't want to put pressure on young young players, but there's a lot of pressure on Rich Walsh to um, be able to produce what he's produced. You know throughout the season, he's shown that he can 
he can play in the big game state of origin and, and we saw what he can do in that. But um, this is finals time and you're coming up against a team in the storm who, you know, for probably for a number of years now, this is probably the first year they've gone under the radar. Yeah. Um, they've snuck in there to, to third place. Um, no one's really talked about them much. Um, and I think it's 14 games, 15 games. They'll beat the Broncos you know, on a roll. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit of a flip, flip of a coin. You know, ideally a lot of people will be leaning towards the Broncos the way that, you know, that they've, they've had the season, but I wouldn't be running off the storm at all, especially getting Pappenhausen back. And especially if, you know, if he's coming off the bench, uh, once again, he can bring that, that impact. I just, I don't know if they'll start him. Uh, I just don't think he's got, he's got the, the leg, like to, to get the full impact out of him. Hmm. Um, 80, like, you know, 80 minutes is asking a big role of him. Um, to get that kind of energetic Pappenhausen that we know, but we definitely know he's on the way up. Um, I think that, like Craig Bellamy will probably bring off the bench, maybe. Yeah, Stormer, man, a scary proposition when it comes to finals football. Um, Saturday night, uh, Sharks Roosters, talking about a coin flip, um, the Roosters are probably also flying under the radar and they've strung it all together at sort of the right end of the season. Like we had written them off probably four or five weeks ago, Louis, you know, they, uh, yep. we'd had them outside of the eight and not making it up, but they bring yep. back Sam Walker, here they are, um, against the yep. Sharks, who goodness knows what you're going to get in 2023 when it comes to them. Um, what, do you, what do you reckon, Saturday at 9.50 New Zealand time? <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny you say that. I, li- I actually live in uh, Bono Junction, so it's, it's been a bit dull here for the last eight weeks. Everyone's been <laughs> sort of walking out their heads down, but, um, you know, all, everyone's sort of out and out their, their roosters, flags, and, um, you know, there's a bit of rivalry there, you know, with the Sharks. Um, obviously, Craig Fitzgibbon um, has been part has been a part of the um, the roosters system for so long. Uh, you know, the Sharks get a, get a second opportunity at the finals. They probably you – know, they'll re- probably – like reflecting on their final series last year, they're very probably, uh, I guess you would say they're disappointed in the way they exited out. Um, and, and, and like you're so right with what we're going to get, no one sort of knows with what the sharks are going to be able to get. And, you know, that game yesterday was sort of going either way. Um, until obviously you mentioned about, um, Seb Chris before, um, getting that five match ban. So, you know, I, I'm not too sure with the way that's going to head Sammy Walker, um, you know, he, he's just a he's just a footballer, isn't he? We saw his football instincts come out um, against the Rabbitohs on the weekend, and I, I think that win over the Rabbitohs is going to give the Roosters, um, um, you know, great confidence. So I'm actually picking the Roosters to win that one. Yep, no, I I think I'm with you, mate. And just finally, uh, Knights Raiders. I've said for a long time, Raiders are committing ladder fraud. Uh, I don't know how they finished uh, in eighth <laughs> position, mate, with a negative points <laughs> differential. And I actually read somewhere as well the only team in NRL history to make the top eight after not beating a single team by thirty or more points during the season so the games that they've yeah. won have all been sort of unders um you reckon it's uh, it's going to be pretty pretty easy work for the knights uh i wouldn't say easy work but it it, it is a tough job going from canberra I, I'm, I'm guessing they I'm, I'm not sure if they'd catch the bus or they would fly to newcastle but up there at um in newcastle it'll be a packed house on a sunday arvo the weather's meant to be fine um it's a tough ass. They get back Jackson Hastings. Um, they get back um, KP. Um, it is a big ask, and they're playing some great footy. You know, what, what they're doing is that they're playing great team footy. Um, they've finally found that right ingredients that they need. Um, Adam Elliott, the Saifidi brothers, are, play, are playing great footy too. Someone who's probably um, gets under the skin of players is someone like Tyson Gamble. 
Um, and and I really think that you know he's been you know a, been a low key buy of the year for them this year, and I I think they'll they'll run away with it in the end. But um, I wouldn't put a past rookie. You know he's he's got finals experience. He knows how to get these Raiders up for games. Jack White could be his last game for the Raiders. Um, so be a bit, I'm I'm probably tipping the Knights in that one as well. Yeah, Ricky will have something up his sleeve, no doubt. Um, we, we're running out of time quickly, um, Louis, but I did want to ask you, Warriors Awards tonight, and all throughout the show, we've been getting people's uh, sort of uh, end of regular season uh, votes in. So uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, who's your player of the year for the Warriors? Yeah, I think it's hard to go past Sean. Um, if you're going to have a smoky, probably Adam Fanua Blake. Um, I, just, I just think that, you know, those two, um, the way that they've led, um, you know, obviously there's big talks over here about Sean winning the Dally M um, and stuff like that. So if he's going to win the big gong over here, then it, it, it's pretty hard to go past him. But if there's going to be someone that could snatch it from him, I'd, I'd definitely say Adam Fanua Blake. What about your uh, most improved player? Oh, geez, that's a tough one. Um, there's, there's plenty of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is. Um, I'd probably say Wade Egan, to be honest. Yeah, good call. Um, you, you know, like like Wade, Wade has been great, um, you know, the last few years. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to have him um, when I was at, at Penrith, and he's a great young player. And I just really feel like the makeup of the squad and, and the way that Webby's let him, you know, really run the ball um, and control around the ruck, um, I, I, I think he's been great. Or, or, you know, there's been some of the outside backs that have been amazing too. But it'd be, it'd be hard to go past someone like Wade, Wade Egan or they might give it to someone a little bit younger. Mm, nah, yeah, I think that's a great chat. And just finally, mate, uh, moment of the season or game of the season for you, what was your highlight? Oh, sheesh. <laughs> I'm oh, really mate, throwing that, you under the bus here. That's an that's a, uh, absolutely tough one, mate. Um, the one that the one that most that got text through the most was actually uh, the Warriors spoiling Jared Croker's three hundred. So I don't know if that's uh, you know shade towards Jared Croker and the Raiders or whether people were just that stoked with the result. But that's one that was that was pretty popular. The other one was uh, of course the Sharks comeback, uh, the first the first game where we came back. And, yeah, and, oh, yeah. Let me say that I, I reckon that probably built um, built the inner belief mm. um, inside of inside of our team. Started to find our identity at at Shark Park down by a lot. Um, you know, we were like they were writing us off that whole game, um, and the way that the boys rallied together and 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 sort of you know started to believe that that's when they started to believe that they could actually um, you know believe in themselves. And I know that Webby, um, that's one of his big things is about he, he was trying to come over here and make make this team believe in themselves and what they could do in the comp. And um, that that's probably a, a great game. There's been so many highlights. Um, I don't know if I've seen. I've been. Um, involved in a Warriors season that's been full of so many great wins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd probably say that Sharks game it was it was a tough one, and to get Sean Sean to ice it the way he did. Um, and then kickstart his season. I, I think that's definitely the, the, the game of the season for sure. Right. Well, let's hope next Monday, Louis, we're talking in uh, in similar positivity after a big win over yep. Penrith up at Bluebet. Mate, really appreciate yep. it as always, my friend. Uh, we'll let you go. Enjoy the game on Saturday. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed for a, for a big win. Too easy, mate. If you know anyone that's got any free tickets out there for an ex-Warrior that's going up to M4 <laughs> or Sydney, uh, Feel free to drop me a DM. Um, the people at the Warriors, I wouldn't mind coming along to watch. Hey, I'll, uh, I'll ask someone tonight at the uh, awards, mate. I'll put in a good word for you. Oh, you're a legend, mate. Thanks, buddy. Oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks uh, Louis. Louis Brown there, former Warrior, joins us every Monday, uh, and he will next week as well, uh, hopefully after a Warriors win over the Penrith Panthers. Uh, let's take a break for new sport and weather. 22 minutes away from three. We're going to catch up with Jimmy Smith across the ditch shortly. Um, 
I just seen comments from uh, Ian Foster about um, you know not expecting too much from the first game. Is that like a not an excuse, but is it trying to pad? what might be a disappointing result. It's actually an interesting question. Maybe we'll throw that open with staff tomorrow. How, um, if we did lose to France, how much that would dent your confidence um, game one ahead of winning a World Cup. South Africa uh, lost to us in the first game in 2019, didn't they? And then went on and won it. Um, We've never lost a pool game at a Rugby World Cup. Is that right? I think that's right. We've never lost a pool game. Um but then we, you know, it isn't like it's not like we've won every single World Cup. So I don't know if that stat means anything in that regard. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a great um, Saturday of sport because obviously wake up for that on Saturday morning, listen to it here on SCNZ, and then uh, Saturday evening straight into the into the Warriors and the Panthers. Saturday uh, Saturday at six o'clock. So a great great weekend of sport coming up. Rugby World Cup. I'm really looking forward to the Rugby World Cup kicking off. By the way, I um, I am looking forward to it. Calling a couple games here on SCNZ, and uh, you know, despite the fact that I said last year that I don't think the All Blacks will win the World Cup and I'm sort of sticking by that. I still want them to win and I'm still going to watch them with keen interest. Uh, We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll go across the ditch, catch up with Jimmy Smith over in Sydney. Right, we're going to go across the ditch, catch up with Jimmy Smith. Think he's there? I think they got upset. I was five minutes late last Mm. Friday. Are you there, Sammy? Seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, yeah, yeah. you went from five (laughs) minutes to five seconds, Jimmy. It's an improvement. Hey, you're just showing off. Showing all the listeners you can count to 10, yeah, hey? Yeah. And a lot of people will be surprised with that, Sammy. Well done. Really? Certainly uh, Australian mm. listeners will be. Oh, How are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I was waiting for you to play the little clip. Do you want to bring that out or are you going to? Okay. Sean Johnson with the little one-two step off the left foot. It's vintage SJ. I've already played it once this morning. Uh, of course. Today, Sammy. And the, the reason is we had a... Um, Willow from Windsor, who's a big Panthers fan, he said, I hope we don't get too many, you know, vintage SJs <laughs> on, on, on Saturday yeah. afternoon. So been... what about that too? Paramat, uh, another regular listener, regular texter, said, how how good is it that we've given the Kiwi-friendly time at Penrith on Saturday, Arvo? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I'm sure the club fought for that as well, as I've been told, um, to get it away from 10 p.m. Uh, We've put uh, Sean away in the cupboard as well, in the in the wine cellar, you might say, Jimmy, just to <laughs> age a little bit and uh, become even more vintage. Now, I want to ask you a question, firstly and foremost. Uh, first and foremost, does he win the Dally M? Um, I need to be careful because I'm a Dally M judge. Oh, you are indeed. So, uh, uh, knowing that you only vote on, on you know single games and there's two two people voting on each game, uh, I think it's a really tight one. Mm-hmm. I think I think Payne Haas is going to poll really well. Also, yeah. well, I guess uh, the good thing the good thing for Warriors fans who are scared that him not playing on the weekend might hinder his chances was the fact that Payne Haas didn't play as well. Correct. Um, so that would be good. Well, then you can't answer that. But what about um, another question that came through on double eight double three four? Yeah, was uh, how many players does Jimmy think will make the Dalian team of the year from the Warriors? If you can go through it, okay. Well, fullback, no, no. Uh, Although, wing. you know, you can make a case if you had played more games. Uh, no, you couldn't. I'm sorry. Well, who is? Dylan Edwards? Not in, not in top five in the league. Really? Well, oh, do you want me to name them? Just off the top of my head? Yeah, please do. Okay, Carlin Ponga, you've heard of him. He's a yep. fullback. But, yeah, but yeah. he's only played, what, five or six good games at the back end of the season. Reese <laughs> Walsh? Uh, is ineligible or is he eligible for the team of the year? Uh, he might be ineligible for that. Dylan Edwards. Yeah, he's the he's the one that I think will get it. Yeah. Um, 
Am I running out of you're pullback? You're scraping the barrel now, aren't you? <laughs> but you want to go down towards oh, the bottom. Oh, hang on, hang on. Just to, let, just to get the text line lit, lit up, Latrell Mitchell. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, that's shock oh, jock radio you, here's, right here's there, Here's another one. Here we go. Scott Drinkwater. I thought you were going to say Tane Tuopiki, our backup fullback. Um, <laughs> what, what, okay, let's let's move on from the fullbacks then. DWZ okay. surely's got to be uh, got to be wing alongside Asako. Massive hope, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, centers, no. No. Nah. Sean in the halves. Uh, five eight uh, split between Luke Metcalf and Tamare Martin. Uh, Sean in the halves. So does he go ahead of like Daly Cherry Evans has had an excellent season also? Yeah, but, but you yeah, can't short, you, you, you can't be one of two favourites for the Daly and then not be the halfback, can you? Oh, I understand, but maybe we've just left out DCE. Mm, maybe. Um, yeah. Well, Adam Blake makes the prop alongside Haas. Uh, I would agree with that. And yes. then and then I mean, Warriors fans will will put Tohu Harris up on a pedestal and say he he's up there for lock. But yes, I'm sure you're yes. going to throw up Yo or Petty Carrigan or. I think the I'd, I'd go the other order, Carrigan and then Yo. Yep. Uh, and then Cameron Murray probably fades out because the Rabbitohs fade out. Uh, so what have we got there? We've got DWZ, we've got Sean, and we've got Adam Fenua Blake. We think yes. of, we're pretty confident that they will be there or thereabouts. Then there's maybe a couple other Smokies, and then and then uh, would Torhu be a chance to pick up Captain of the Year regardless, uh, or does he have to be in the team? You know, it's hard when you think about captain of the year. It's hard to go past. Uh, no, I don't think he has to be in the in the team of the year. So you you've got to say right, who's who's been the best captain this year? You know, to see what Penrith have done with, um, and I made mention of it earlier. No kick out, no Coruscant, no Webster, and no Seraldo, and that they've gone to another minor premiership. So I reckon Cleary and um, Yo. As okay. captains of the year, does that mean? But, then, well, well, I can't believe you haven't started at a coach of the year. Yeah, okay, so that's what we was going because are you in the? I heard Joel Kane talk about this. I thought it was actually quite a good point because so often we get caught up in the romance of coaches who have taken teams from you know nothing to something or have had phenomenal runs throughout the year. But his point is that well, Ivan Cleary's won three minor premierships in a row, potentially could win three grand finals. Is is he not the best coach in the NRL? Should he not win that award? And why why couldn't you win it multiple years in a row if you genuinely are the best coach? And the other point about it is to the ones that I've just made mention of, and that is the the changes to his personnel mm. that he's had on the field and off the field. So from that, and and they weren't just any any players too, right? You're talking about the guy that touches the ball more than anyone, and who is different to most other dummy halves in the league in that he's super creative out of there. And the replacement was nothing like Appy Coruscant. I'm not saying Mitch Kenny's not a good player, but he's very different to Appy Coruscant. And then you lose this huge strike weapon on the left-hand side who was so good as a ball runner, so good as a decoy runner, as strange as that sounds, and a brilliant defender. And I'm pretty sure Viliami Kikau has made the Dallium team of the year for the last three years in a row. Mm. And then you lose Webster and Serraldo as well. Can, well I make, I, can I make my case? Go for it. Right. So not only is, is it the first year at the Warriors for Andrew Webster, it's his first year as an NRL coach, which I mm. think is – monumental to take it to. And I think you can actually put them alongside the Bulldogs because very similar situations in terms of struggling last year, get rid of the coach, new coach in, uh, a whole bunch of new players. Look what's happening in the Bulldogs. Look what's happening at the Warriors. Went from 15th to 3rd. And you remember the coach of the year last year was Todd Payton. Well, sorry, finished in 4th, but 
essentially third if we played a full strength team against the Dolphins. You look at Todd Payton last year who went from 15th to third. He got coach of the year. But yes. this is Andrew Webster's first year. And you talk about you know players leaving and, and sides being gutted. I think it's easy for, for everyone to look at the Warriors and look at Dylan Walker and Jackson Ford and Maratania Corday and Chancellor Klukstar and how well they're playing and go, oh, yeah, but those are all quality players. When they were signed, Jimmy, all of the talk was, well, Dylan Walker's a, a, is on his last legs and a bench player at Manly. Uh, Chancellor Klukstar couldn't even get a start in the Raiders team. Neither could Jackson Ford at the Dragons. So, you know, these, these, were, these weren't monumental signings for the Warriors. And you look at what Andrew Webster's done and the resurgence of Sean Johnson under Andrew Webster. And I would argue that's just as impressive as, as what you're talking about with Ivan Cleary, you know, doing, doing the rejigging of his team. The, if Andrew Webster was given that award, I wouldn't be, you know, shocked. I, I, I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be surprised by it. And, and for all of those, the best thing that he has on his CV in regards to his first time as a head coach in the National Rugby League is that every single player within that group, to a man, I would say, has been better than they were last year. Correct. And, and that's, you know, we talk about Craig Bellamy and, and his great work as a coach. Um, what he had a gr- uh, an outstanding knack of, or has an outstanding knack of, is getting the best out of players. And I think Andrew Webster has done that in his first year at the Warriors. So, yeah, as I say, if he got it, I, I wouldn't be upset. Neither would I, Jimmy. And I knew we'd just talk about <laughs> rugby league for uh, seven or eight minutes. Here we go. And the World Cup in rugby starts next week. So wish them all the best with that. So how about and, that? and same to you. <laughs> <laughs> You'll need it. <laughs> oh, hang on, Sammy. And- Sean Johnson <laughs> with the little one-two step off the left foot. It's vintage SJ. Now, are you calling that? Saturday night? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Drink it in, Jimmy. Drink it in. Oh, Um, drink it in. Yeah, drink in the vintage. The vintage SJ. Every drop. We've got to go. I do. We've got Madge on. All right, mate. Enjoy it. Say hello to talk. (laughs) Jimmy Smith there. Uh, Over in uh, Australia, we'll take a break. We'll go back in the day after this. Here's what happened back in the day. Uh, On this day, September the 4th, back in the day in 2002, uh, Argentina pulled off one of the biggest upsets in basketball history, beating the US 87-80 in second round action at the World Champs in Indianapolis. The US lost for the first time in 59 games since it started sending NBA players to international competitions in 1992. Funnily enough, they lost to Lithuania. Was it this morning? It was either this morning or yesterday that the USA lost to Lithuania. So a bit of a theme there. And in 2005, at 20 years old, Kyle Busch became the youngest driver to win a NASCAR Cup Series when he out-dueled Greg Biffle in the Sony HD 500 at California Speedway. Birthdays today, turning 64, Robbie Deans. Uh, it would have been, um, what's that, 60 or 54, um, Inga the Winger, Twingamala, unfortunately died uh, last year. Uh, Elliot Dixon's turning 34, uh, Nico Kerwin, 28, and Jazz Tevanga turns 28 today. Our number one movie on this day, 1983, was The Outsiders. Number one song was this by the uh, Eurythmics. And sweet, sweet radio coming to you between 3 and 6 o'clock. Scotty Sattler coming in studio with The Run Home, Steve and Sam Ackerman. We'll see you tomorrow.